This is my show. Hope you had an amazing weekend. It was a great weekend here. We'll tell you about it later. Uh, but I hope you had a good one. Hope you had a break from some politics. Got to spend some time with loved ones, family, friends, all of that. Got Wayne Dupree coming up on the show tonight. Second hour, so stick around for that. Hopefully you're here on Rumble, rumble.com forward slash Drew Berkowitz. If you're not, come on over, join us, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button also as you come in, uh, whether you're already here if you have not or if you're, you're getting that link and, and you're making your way over. Uh, if you're on Red Voices Rumble, we're glad you're there too. Uh, make sure you're subscribed over there as well. Uh, wherever you are, though, hit that positive button. We're excited to spend some time with you today, and there's a lot to get to. There's lots of new discussion on the war in the Middle East. Tom's already yawning. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> Wayne Dupree, he's giving up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, no, Wayne Dupree's gonna join us. We're gonna, we're gonna take him on the news cruise with Tom and I. Uh, Disco out again. He'll be back in tomorrow for the the Halloween deal. Um, so we'll have some fun with that. We'll talk about that more later too. MTG uh, has filed a motion to censure Rashida. We'll talk about that. Kamala gave us some pretty interesting clips. We'll share those. Joe Biden uh, gave some as well. Protests in support of Palestine, in support of Hamas, getting bigger everywhere, worse everywhere. Not just here in America, where there was some th the freaking FBI and law enforcement had to be sent to Cornell University because of threats there. But overseas, you see the mobs. We'll show you some pictures. It's crazy. Mike Johnson weighed in on the possibility of a Biden impeachment. We'll get into some weekend recap uh, from a bunch of other stuff as well. Before we do any of that, though, I got to tell you, this hour is brought to you commercial-free by American Alternative Assets. Pumped to do it. I'm pumped that we're in this new setup where we get to spend more time with you commercial-free. I mean, literally, we go an hour at a time, and then there's a small break, and then we're right back at it. It's all thanks to our friends at American Alternative Assets, and please make sure that you give them a call. Guys, Bidenomics not working. U.S. dollar losing its value day after day, and your hard-earned savings are all at risk because of it. But you can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar and volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Call 833-2USA-GOLD. That is 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. Guys, you can see it. Things are changing fast, so get ahead. Be smart. Be prepared. Keep those savings intact. Please do it. Again, call the number that you heard there, 833-2USA-GOLD, or visit protectfrombiden.com. Okay, let's head overseas um, and get into some world news here. So I want to get into some of the things that happened over the weekend. There's been a lot of developments. There's a lot going on in the world. But heading into the weekend, before it all kind of kicked off, right, uh, not too long after we went off the air Thursday, I think it was actually on Friday when this came out, you you had this this footage that came out. And, and keep in mind, I'll, I'll kind of preface it and set it all up here, but Hamas, other, it's not just Hamas either, by the way. Hamas, other extremist groups like them have always – 
use civilians as human shields by hiding their weapons, command centers, control spaces in civilian areas like apartment buildings or in the case of the video we're about to show you hospitals. Lots of hubbub over the last several weeks about the, the hospital strike that occurred in Palestine, uh, in Gaza specifically, that, that a lot of finger pointing going on, right? We've discussed that. We're not going to get back into that. But I bring it back up again because IDF put out a video heading into the weekend depicting how this tactic works. And we'll just roll this as kind of some B-roll here and talk over it. But you had Netanyahu and the government put this out. And you can see the facility there. And here, here's the problem if you're going to strike these targets. And what everyone's, of course, talking about is you run into to the risk of, of collateral damage, right, of killing civilians. Yeah, and especially at a hospital. How, there, there's no way to clear out a hospital and go in and get those guys. Right. So, so there's, there's, I mean, there's all this back and forth over it, and it just is one of those things where there's, there's, uh, you can't really avoid it. There is going to be casualties if you, and 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 if you're Hamas, you got to understand that you're going to put yourself and, and the Palestinian Authority, any of the groups, Islamic Jihad, any of them, you're going to put yourself in this situation if you're launching your operations and doing these things out of populated civilian areas. Like that's just going to happen. And it puts it, it's a tough thing for the IDF. We've, we've talked about this too. How do you strike it without, because look, they're pissed. They're out there getting vengeance right now as they should. But their goal is not to kill civilians. Their goal is to be as tactical and precise as they can. But when, when the other side plays like that, and you can go back, like just go, just go back to that video and just kind of freeze frame on the part where they're showing kind of the underground stuff there, like the map part. Yeah almost there we go so if you've got a facility and 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 you could see through which obviously you can't see you're not superman you can't see through the building and through the earth there but if you have these types of facilities and infrastructure underneath it, it it's it's obviously a very compelling target something that you have to do it's obviously very clever on the side of hamas or other extremist groups throughout the region who do this again i've 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 run into this scenario before, this exact scenario before, where, where bad guys are using a hospital and, and that cover because they know that more established, more reasonable human beings in other countries play by the rules. Now, Israel plays by less than we do, which is a, not a criticism of them. It's actually a praise to them. We're, we're stuck playing by all sorts of rules and always have our hands tied behind our backs. But Man, it's it's a it's a difficult situation. So they released this video like, hey, here's why we're talking about this. We're talking about this because we have intelligence that shows, per example, at this particular location, the Shifa Hospital, we suspect or believe to be almost certain that all of these following functions are happening underneath the permanent structure, as well as some stuff probably, no doubt, not down in the depths of it. But that's why... We're, we're targeting places like that. That's why we're talking about hitting targets like this. And, and everyone gets all up in arms because they're like, yeah, but there's people there. Well, yeah, but there's, look at what else is there. It's not that simple. And it's always going to be a hard conversation. You're never going to probably get people to agree on it and, and switch sides and be like, okay, yeah, you're right. They should, they should, they should strike it. But, but that's, this is the difficult reality of, of war and conflict and particularly in Middle East countries where you've got extremist groups like this operating. Yeah, it, it's a, it, 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 
the IDF is in a, in a terrible spot, and Hamas is in a good spot. Good spot is that they've got their command and control and, you know, some weapons, caches or whatever that they have under the hospital. So they know that it, that's the perfect cover for them. And plus, what makes them even happier is if the IDF does, does decide to strike it and civilians end up, end up getting killed, as far as Hamas goes, man, the bigger the body count, the better. And that way, they're very similar to the anti-gun faction of the Democrat Party, who whenever that there's you know a, a shooting with multiple casualties, they want to crick. Uh, you know, they want those stats to go up higher. I know right. that sounds ghoulish, but when you have people who are ideologically driven, like the like the alt left gun nuts and Hamas, who are pretty much the same sort of mentality, the higher the body count, the better. And that's one of the reasons why Hamas does this in the hopes of the IDF inadvertently killing civilians. They need that body count to go up. Well, and he, I mean, th that's true. Uh, th I agree with all of that. But the other thing is, is too, is for the information war that's, that's ongoing, you don't even need that many civilian casualties. You need a strike where you can claim civilian casualties. These guys are great at staging, you know, dead bodies everywhere. We see it all the time. We'll show some clips, if not today, tomorrow uh, on, on that and them getting caught on it because they get caught all the time on it, too. And then someone gets off a stretcher and walks away. It's like, hold on, I thought he was dead. <laughs> but... But, but all they need is that juice, right? Because you're a dumb college kid. More on that. I talked to some dumb college kids this weekend. God, they're dumb. Um, but all, all it takes is just being like, did you see what Israel did? They killed all these people in the hospital. And they didn't ha have to actually kill all of those people. It could be one. It could be none. It could be several, but not what, whatever they report. But that's all it takes. The truth doesn't matter. I mean, people thinking, oh, but that... <laughs> But that we didn't actually kill that many. We, we accidentally killed 14 and not the 600 that you're claiming. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in these tense, emotional situations. All someone has to do is put it out on social media or get a headline in, in some media or, or news outlet. And, and the, the mobs will take care of the rest. Oh, yeah. It, you know, it's funny to me, the same mobs... Who are pushing? They can be told anything as long as it fits their ideological narrative. There are people now still claiming that the the uh, the errant rocket that was hired by fired by Hamas to hit the parking lot and destroyed a bunch of cars in that parking lot. Those same people claim the original report that 500 people got killed in the hospital that it collapsed on top of itself, which none of that is true. But they keep taking that number of 500 people and going, look what, look what the Israelis did. They killed 500 people at a hospital. Those are the same dumbasses who also believe hands up, don't shoot. They believe that climate change is real. They believe that the vaccine works. They believe that masks work. And it is astonishing to me that all these people who have been lied to as much as they have just keep gobbling it up. But the reason why they gobble it up is because their ideology is what solidifies their, their existence. And if they start feeling like they're by their believing lies and they're being taken advantage of they can't handle that they will go down with the ship and they, <laughs> they will, will they will never ever admit that they were taken advantage of and and that they were dopes they were suckers they were saps they were sucked into it they 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 believed what all these snake oil salesmen were telling them and they they bought it hook line and sinker yeah that 
that's exactly how it is. That's ex- uh, again, I'll share an example later on in the show of of some some of America's youth, our future, who I talked to this weekend, who fit in that category exactly. It's, and it was so depressing to me. There wasn't enough alcohol. Um, <laughs> Please tell me they think uh, Abraham Lincoln was a Democrat. <laughs> I didn't get into that. I was I was getting trying to get out of the conversation as fast as I could. But my 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 very good friend um, <laughs> had us involved a little bit longer. Um, it was all good. There was there was some some good that came out of it too. But <clears throat> let's into the weekend. Um, yeah, I, I was talking about we we're just a side conversation going on about weather over here, and I'm going to be in Minnesota in a couple weeks. Um, it shouldn't be that bad yet, Barb, but it's it's still going to be a lot different than here. But um, over the weekend, it it was it was. It was not the full-scale invasion that occurred, but there was a lot of, is this it? Is that it? Like, was that the, like, there's a lot of momentum that happened. And and some might argue that it did. You know, they're saying that they're still softening the battlefield, you know, but there was tanks that went in. There was all sorts of artillery fire. There was all sorts of, of more airstrikes happening. It was a very busy weekend in Gaza. And... And and which which was a pain in the butt for me, by the way, because I had done something for 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 Mammoth, and then freaking Israel went and changed things on me. They changed their <laughs> their plans, and and we had to figure out how to navigate that, which always seems to happen now. But it 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 was very feisty. They said, "Look, it's it's ratcheting up. We're going." And and you have some feisty rhetoric like this. I think deserved. I'm not saying feisty in a critical way. Here's Israeli's defense minister who said. Die or surrender. Those are, there's, there's no third option. Those are your options. Take a listen to him. This machine cannot be stopped. These are strong forces with determined soldiers. And I am convinced that they will be able to fulfill their missions. As far as I'm concerned, the Hamas terrorists only have two possibilities. Either to die fighting the IDF or to surrender with no terms. There's no third possibility. Both the terrorists in the field to the leader of Hamas. We are going to get there. We're going to perform our missions and we'll do it in order to cause that this murderous organization will not exist anymore. Its infrastructure will be dismantled and also, of course, to bring back home the hostages, including small children and elderly women, and of course, a very large group of hostages of all ages. Two options. Die fighting or surrender with no terms. No third option. So these guys, uh, again, they're moving ahead. Keep in mind, last week, we talked about it. The U.S. said, hey, delay the invasion. We got to get some stuff into, we got to get some missile defense systems into the region. Can you please delay it until we get things there? And and the answer was yes. Netanyahu and them said, yes, we will. But they kind of like, we're like, well, how far can we push this? What's the, what's really, how do we define invasion, right? <laughs> they, just, they just took a page out of the left's book. Like, we'll just change the definition. Go. We're going to say that we're softening the battle space, which is a real thing. And I do believe is is a, is a, a, in large part what they were doing, but there was a lot of movement forward this weekend, and 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 it, and rightly so. I mean, they have the right to defend themselves, do what they think they need to do, 
And you've got that. We've got another clip in a second here, but you've got the defense minister saying, hey, here's the deal. We're, we're not. We're not going to let up. There is no ceasefire happening. There is no maybe we won't even invade at all. It's get ready. It's coming. Well, you have all these people on the left crying for a ceasefire, and you have people even this current administration talking about a ceasefire. Nobody gives a shit about our people who are hostages. No one has said a fucking word about them. It's all about this ceasefire. You know, you could kind of convince, not convince me, but you could make a case about a ceasefire if you mention our people who are being held hostage and God knows what's happening to them. We have had no sort of proof of life of any of them. We know nothing about their condition or where they are or who's holding them. Well, we know Hamas is holding them, but it's like they don't exist. I've never seen Americans like this who are being held hostage and nobody gives a shit. All they care about are the hostage takers. It's unbelievable to me. Yeah, but that's just where we. I mean, that's it is unbelievable. But they, but it's also it's not unbelievable because that's how the people who run our stuff are now. That, right. That's just where they are. It's it's. But it, you know, the thing that really makes me sick about the left is why I'm never be a Democrat. It's very hard for me to be friends with people on the left, even though I do have some friends who I are starting to come around is the fact that the double standard and the hypocrisy that they live in. I mean, let's face facts here. If it weren't American Jews that we were talking about, and we were talking about, you know, um, let's say, you know, some kids from a historically black college who were in Chechnya and had been taken hostage during a civil war there, we would be moving heaven and earth to try and get them out. But the fact of the matter is they're Jewish Americans being held hostage, and somehow it's their fault for being in that position. That's what the left believes, and that's why it's so hard for me to stomach anything that somebody from the left has to say about this. Yeah. Well, and and you're right. If they were saying, hey, ceasefire, ceasefire, uh, not to support Palestine, but because of the hostages, it would be a very different thing. Hey, until we get them out, slow things down and then kill whoever you want. But that's that's just very much not the message. And and there's people on the right who are calling for a ceasefire. The U.N. called for a ceasefire. All these organizations. And I don't even know how we call them organizations anymore. I mean, they're literally just the, the biggest pieces of shit on the planet. But all of them calling for a ceasefire like this is about to get out of control. That's the only part they're right. Yes, it is. It's about to get really out of control. Um, But you can't do that. And you had Netanyahu step up and say, hey, we will not agree to a ceasefire. And here was his logic as to why. Take a listen. I want to make clear Israel's position regarding a ceasefire. Just as the United States would not agree to a ceasefire after the bombing of Pearl Harbor or after the terrorist attack of 9-11, Israel will not agree to a cessation of hostilities with Hamas after the horrific attacks of October 7th. Calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas, to surrender to terrorism, to surrender to barbarism. That will not happen. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that there is a time for peace and a time for war. This is a time for war a war for our common future. Today, we draw a line between the forces of civilization and the forces of barbarism. It is a time for everyone to decide where they stand. 
Israel will stand against the forces of barbarism until victory. I hope and pray that civilized nations everywhere will back this fight. Because Israel's fight is your fight. Because if Hamas and Iran's axis of evil win, you will be their next target. That's why Israel's victory will be your victory. But make no mistake, regardless of who stands with Israel, Israel will fight until this battle is won. Okay. So, look, <clears throat> I know everyone's got different views on this whole thing. Uh, you're allowed to. It's still America, at least at least for the next couple hours it is. Uh, but, <laughs> but I agree with everything BB's saying there. Did, would did, would you guys agree, America, to a ceasefire? Or would you kind of like put your gun down and and take a deep breath after Pearl Harbor 9/11? No. Someone does that to you. Someone does what they did, Hamas did to you on October 7th. You go kill people. You get your vengeance. And he's absolutely right. Talking about and that's look. I understand the concept of why peace is great. Every peace would be great. I understand the concept of why people want a ceasefire. There's a lot of considerations with it. There's humanitarian aspects. There's all sorts of the hostages, all sorts of reasons. But if you agree to a ceasefire, it is the same as as Netanyahu says as surrender of just saying, "All right, you got to you got to get us really good, but we're we're going to agree not to get you back." That sets such a bad precedent, there's not enough time in the world to describe it. But you, we don't need it. It's obvious. You, you, can't, you can't do it that way. And then he talks about there's a time for peace and a time for war, leaning on Scripture, and says, which is his choice, right? I think there's a lot of biblical things aligning here, by the way. But he says this, this our current time, what we're facing and experience right now, it's a time for war. And people need to choose sides. And therein, so therein lies the problem with all of this. I wholeheartedly agree with his approach and what he just said. You have the right to defend yourself. If you don't go hard to the hoop, you lose and you've been taken advantage of and it will happen again. There has to be punishment. But, and, and this is a time of war. You declare, they declared war on them right after it happened. So it is, in fact, a time of war. But as everyone is, is choosing sides, as he says, people need to choose sides. So let's see what happens. That's the problem, is people are choosing sides, and this is going to quickly become something that, that was here and is, is just going to expand and expand and expand. So I'm not encouraging it or, or hoping for Middle East regional war or world war, God forbid. But this is the time of war, and if you just bitch out and say, all right, ceasefire world greeteth some things let's talk diplomatically diplomatic that, that shit doesn't work <laughs> so uh, it's a and it's a tough spot i, I, I but i totally agree with him we're not going to do we're, we respect you america we're grateful for your financial support your equipment support your emotional support all of that from a from a government perspective obviously not our nation's youth who are idiots but we're going to do what we need to do because we're the ones who just were slaughtered 1,400 plus people slaughtered in a very public way. Go to work. Go to work. Do what you got to do. I think most countries right now, especially Western European, uh, 
European countries who have had this influx of illegal immigration all over the country and the United States as well know that if there is an all-out ground fight, they can expect an all-out ground fight in their countries just based on the protests that we've seen over the past few days. Look at, look at London and what's going on there. 300,000 people yeah. pro-Hamas who are protesting. And then I was been watching video on social media of these pro-Hamas, uh, you know, enthusiasts taking on the police. The police have no idea what the fuck they're doing or who they're dealing with. You know, where it's like, oh, you know, hello, stand back. No, we don't accept that kind of behavior. In the meantime, they're like, blah, 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 you know, and just like, you right. know, squaring up to them and going, we will fuck you up. And they, they have no idea. You know, it's just that the, the, the cultural divide is so vast that Westerners have no clue. Unless you've been to the Mideast or Central Asia, you have no idea what you're dealing with. Yeah. And I just see a bunch of, you know, once this ground fight starts happening, I see a bunch of ground fights breaking out all over the world. I mean, we just saw in Dagestan over the weekend, they had a flight come in from Tel Aviv, and the pro-Hamas enthusiasts raided the airport, got out to the tarmac, and started demanding passports from the passengers to find any Jews that were on the flight. Right. No, crazy. That was a crazy scene. We didn't pull that for today, but it was a crazy scene. But that's the kind of stuff that ha- well, it looks like we do have it. But like that's the kind of stuff that does that does happen and is going to happen. You know, you, th- this kind of stuff where angry, unruly people get break through some security barriers. In this case, a, an airport tarmac, you know, and 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 have their way. But you're going to see. Think about this. We're we're going to talk about it here shortly um but we can kind of just weave in and out as we go but we had the footage disco had the footage playing of london over the weekend that massive crowd three hundred thousand people that was not the only city that was like this there were i mean it wasn't three hundred thousand, but in dallas of all places dallas you yeah. know where you had thousands of, of pro hamas enthusiasts out there right and then you know in chicago you had the uh what is it the black israelites yeah fighting the hamas the yeah. hamas in the streets yes that was that was the big trouble in little china moment yeah yeah you're gonna see once the ground fighting starts you're gonna see more of those kind of pop-up fights happen and they're just gonna escalate one side's gonna arm up in germany in germany the pro hamas enthusiasts fired warning shots at the german police saying back off yeah well you are so you see that you see the footage you just saw you see, it, it was in Berlin, it was in Spain, it was in all these places. We got more pictures, we'll show them in a little bit. But, and then you see the scenes that happened here in the United States. And then you look at how many people have come across our border, who, by the way, are not red-blooded, die-hard patriot Americans. They're not families. They're only families coming over who just want a better life. They're just families. Give me a break, you stupid libs. Yeah, they're not. They're, they are they are that mob that's just not been formed yet. And the thing that the, the what you also have to keep in mind is we've had three years of riots all over the country and people busting into stores uh, liberating Nikes. Now you've got groups of people who are going to start rioting, but they're not going to be liberating Nikes. They're going to be liberating souls. And 
we, you've got law enforcement that doesn't know how, know how to deal with it because they've been told to stand down. So it, you know, ta- tactics, tactics are, are, are a are skill that will go away if you don't use them. You know, any, any kind of like, well, you know, like shooting, you know, moving, you know, in a fire team, whatever, clearing a room. If you don't practice it, it goes away. Yeah. And it's, I got to think it's the same thing for civil unrest. If you don't practice it, if you just stand by and let people burn shit down, you're going to have no idea how to deal with it when it's for real. And this is going to be very real. This isn't going to, like I said, it's not going to be stealing flat screen TVs and Nikes. It's going to be killing people and taking over people's apartments and taking their shit and raping them. It's this is a totally different animal that's about to be unleashed. Yes. No, it is. And and people people expressing those same concerns in the chat. By the way, hit that like button, folks, if you have not. Whichever platform you're watching, we're so glad you're here. Uh, I wish it was under better circumstances in the world, but but people are preparing. You've got to be prepared. I hope and pray that you never see anything like this, and and it 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 stays away from your community, from from your home, from your work, from all of that. But you do. It, it's a good reminder. If nothing else, it's a good reminder here at home that you need to be prepared because you just don't know when things are going to happen. It might be this. It could be what happened in Maine last week. You're at a bowling alley. You know, I mean, it, it, it's just... That went away rather quickly. It sure did. <laughs> it's like the man never existed. We have these grainy photos of him and then a random, you know, driver's license photo and no, you know, no mention of, you know, a, his aggrieved or bereaved family, you know, saying that he you know didn't get the mental help that he needed they just kind of disappeared too as as if none of this ever existed it was was a strange strange end to it shall we say but let's stay on track with this we can talk about that later uh i'm sure we'll have some time to circle (laughs) back on on that peculiar incident but you you had so bb saying hey look man we're we're not surrendering just like you wouldn't surrender if you were in our shoes. He's right, 100%. He's talking about this is a time of war. He's right. Look around. It is. Uh, I, I fear that it's going to get a lot worse. But <clears throat> he also said there, it's time for people to choose sides. And this is where, as I was alluding to earlier, I think it starts to get really dicey and where things start to potentially spiral way out of control. Just before the show started, you, I saw a tweet come through. We don't have this disco. I'll just speak to it. But saw a tweet come through that Putin. Let me see if I have it up. I don't, but it doesn't matter. I can I can reference it. Putin fully supports the establishment of a permanent Palestine state. And you might say, well, that's not surprising or so. So what? There's a lot of people who say that. I think that's a really big deal. When people are choosing hard sides like that in a conflict that Russia's already uh, involved in for, to an extent with, with their involvement in Syria, their, their, their relationship there in that country, their relationship behind the scenes with, with, um, with Iran <clears throat> themselves. So that is a big deal. What it says is, hey, if this thing pops off, we're very clearly on this side, which you expected before, but it's been, it's been verbalized. And then this weekend, Erdogan in Turkey, who got himself into some trouble last week. Well, not really. I mean, the, the world probably applauded him more than, than most. 
But he, he called Hamas liberators, not terrorists, right? Well, and now you can add on to that. Just Let's just go ahead and ramp everything up at once because that's what's happening. He, he appears to have threatened to intervene in Gaza in an impassioned speech at a pro-Palestine rally. He, he gave a, a speech to the rally in which he told attendees that Israel was responsible for war crimes and framed Hamas, he did, as freedom fighters yet again, second such time he's done that in recent days. And the comments, as you might imagine, have prompted an Israeli outcry, even led the country to withdraw its diplomatic presence. But Erdogan doubled down, said that the assaults on Gaza that Israel's doing now constituted a massacre. In the same speech, he reportedly said that Turkey can, quote, come at any night unexpectedly, meaning get involved in the war and attack Israel. And guess what the crowd did? They loved it. They started chanting Turkish military to Gaza. I feel like they could have come up with something better, but they loved it and they got all into it. So he chose a side saying, hey, not only am I saying that Hamas are liberators, not terrorists, that's literally the exact opposite of truth, but we're picking a hard side on this and now we're considering getting involved, militarily speaking, in a fight against Israel. As we talked about with this and, and, and Armenia and their role there and all of that uh, last week, remember, uh, reminder, Turkey's a NATO country, a NATO member who is choosing to throw in against our ally. By the way, a lot of the NATO countries, ally of Israel. And Turkey's like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and play on the other team for this one. It's going to be very awkward. It is. <laughs> Once the ground fighting starts, if Turkey does, in fact, send troops into into Gaza, what, what then? Uh, I, I mean, I think we know. I mean, I, I, I think the treaty has dissolved at that point, right? I, I, I think, think it is. <laughs> I, think, I think your membership certainly is. It's not like we need to sit down and talk about this, uh, Tayyip. It's, it's just... Uh, here's the letter that says you're no longer in. <laughs> you don't have a vote on this. You're out. But, <clears throat> man, it's a it's a crazy-ass time to be alive. This is, and if you think this is just another one of the little skirmishes that have happened in the Middle East, particularly involving Israel, you're wrong. This this one, I, I, I would love for, for God to intervene, Um and, and to stop this one and or slow this one down and give leadership some wisdom and discernment uh, across the country on this. The problem is, is, is a lot of the leadership don't know who God is, nor do they care about him. So they're not listening and, and seeking out wisdom and discernment. They're just seeking all-out conflict. And I fear that that's what we're going, going to get as a result of all of this. And, and there's, there literally are. It's not just people who, who have different spiritual beliefs. There's people who are Marxists uh, all over the country in these, these leadership positions pulling st strings, here included. The people who are making decisions of what's our involvement. Yes, there's some folks on both sides who are, we stand by Israel and we're going to give them support. And they were uh, voting on a new resolution. But all of the people, I can't think of, I'm sure there is a, a one out there, but I can't think of one of the world leaders who's going to be making a decision on this where I'm like, at least he, he or she's making a decision and got a voice in this. All of them are like, oh, man, this, this isn't good. I don't trust any of you guys. The only person that I can see like making a decision and going balls to the walls is uh, Maloney. Is that her name? In uh, Italy. Italy? Yeah. 
That woman does not give a no, fuck. No, she doesn't. <laughs> yeah, if she if, if if Italy steps up and said maybe she said something I've missed it if she has, but she, she you're right. She she would be like, "All right, here's how I see it. Here's what we're doing. And if you don't like it, go f yourself." Like that would be her response to be like, "I like her. I would like to have a gelato with her." Um, but then again, Italy's got a lot of problems too with all the mass immigration that they've had. So I'm sure they the- do. Well, and here's the thing. You, this thing pops off. I mean, you talked about it earlier in a, in a different light, perhaps. I mean, the same and different at the same at all at the same time. But, you know, you have countries choosing their sides. Right. So Turkey says, hey, we're getting involved, whether they do or they don't. You know, TBD. We'll see. You have Russia getting involved. You have America already involved. You have others that will get involved. And in a lot of these countries, particularly the European countries, you have shit tons of immigrants who are not on the side of the country because like the immigrants who are coming illegally into our country, the immigrants that surged into America, whether it was in the aftermath of, of the Syria debacle or just other failed policies throughout the last several years in Europe, they're not, they're not seeking a new home. They're not seeking to be a citizen of that country and adopt their values and beliefs. It's like here. They just, they're just there. A lot of them, for nefarious reasons, the other ones, just they're just there. They don't want to be German or, or Spanish or Portuguese. They, they, they're they there. Yeah. So, I mean, so this is, this is what's going to be tricky, too, is you have world leaders make their stance and get involved, and this thing starts to blossom and grow a little bit. And again, I hope and pray that it doesn't. I just don't see at this point how it's not going to. And as that all happens... Yes, there could have been some cells, for lack of a better term, that are activated in countries. I know it's a big concern here in America. It should be. But you don't necessarily have to have any kind of organization behind it. It's just going to happen all on its own very naturally. People who are upset with Britain for making a policy to say, yo, you're standing by Israel? Okay, cool. We're burning down your monuments. You do this, we're, we're, we're attacking law enforcement officers and you know civilians. America, same thing. And because you just get the un, the unruly mobs are the worst. Pack think is awful, and that's what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, it just all spirals out of control. I mean, look at. Uh, let me see if this is. Do we have the? Let's let's skip to those pictures, Disco. Because here's here's another one. I forget which European town this is in. It doesn't really matter. But we showed you London earlier. Here's another scene. So you you piss off the mob. That's a probably just a portion of the mob. Those are just the ones who had enough energy to get out and protest that day. And then you've got there's the picture of London. And then we've got another, I mean that mob right there. That's And this is part of the thing when when most people started warning everybody about the this multiculturalism bullshit. And saying you really you shouldn't embrace multiculturalism. It's not what you think it is. And they're like, oh, you're such a xenophobe. But you want people coming into your country. You want people to immigrate to your country who want to be a part of your country. You want them to come in and participate and become that nationality, whatever it is. But the flawed reasoning behind this Marxist multiculturalism is to get people in 
keep don't get don't let them assimilate get them to balkanize in their own communities and start these no-go zones like they have in london like they have in france where it's just these communities remember i think it was wasn't it uh minneapolis that was talking about one section of minneapolis only adhering to sharia law so th- yeah. those are the types of things that you get. And also, it, it also happens incrementally. Remember the story in Hamtramck, Michigan, during Gay Pride Month? And they were like, oh, yeah, Gay Pride. Um, yeah, you're not welcome in our little you know, city, in our little enclave here. That's not going to happen. So gay dudes go somewhere else. And then with the call to prayer in Minneapolis, it's just it, it's not – you're not assimilating into your country. You're demanding the country, your host country, embrace every you know everything that you liked about your old country, except the economy. And we're to embrace everything here and live and, and force us here into the life that you were living there. Yeah, that's the dangers of, of this obtuse multiculturalism that's being pushed by the Marxists in our country. It, absolutely. And that's that's what's that's what's going to happen. You're going to see. I mean, you, you have seen that. I don't know if that went through in that section, but you've seen lots of pushes towards that. The Sharia in- law. No, it didn't go through. But you know what? It's like everything else the left does. They push it. We laugh at it. They bring it back. They rename it. They push it again. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and you, you've seen you've seen. Lots of progress in Minneapolis. Lots of progress over the, over the last several decades now in in Dearborn. You see neighborhoods like Colony Ridge, Texas, pop up. Like eventually, that's I mean, that's essentially that way now. You talk to the I forget um, we didn't have them on, but law enforcement. There's they don't send many law enforcement in there already. They're like no, ICE doesn't even go in there. The sheriff is asked, "Could we have help?" And they're like, "Nah, you're on your own." Yeah, it's. Absolutely wild. Well, you see all those scenes overseas, and you you, you imagine there's going to be some changes coming, and, and there are. You had Israel pull their folks out of Turkey. They've pulled them out of lots of countries. You have Turkey saying this is our, our stance, Erdogan getting super involved. Now you've got the U.S. State Department that's recommending Americans in Lebanon, quote, leave now while commercial flights remain available due to the unpredictable security situation. In a security alert posted by the embassy in Beirut, it warned, quote, you should have a plan of action for crisis situations that does not rely on U.S. government assistance. The best time to leave a country is before a crisis, if at all possible. There's no guarantee that the U.S. government will evacuate private U.S. citizens and their family members in a crisis situation. Once <laughs> once again, it's well, let me say what I was going to say and then I'll, I'll caveat. It. I'll do it backwards. But. It's it's pretty clear that our government hates our population. On on your unless you're, you know, a black lesbian anti-American basketball player with fucking hash oil in your luggage, then you're you're a an saint American. and we yeah. got to do everything we can to get you out. Yeah. But uh, look, the 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 part of this statement that's right is it is best to get out before so we're not having to figure out a government, even if there was a, a if, if we had a, a leader in the United States in the Oval Office and we had leaders and, and stronger people at the tippy top of the Pentagon and our armed forces and the intel community, it is better it's, if there's less people to have to try and figure out how to get that. So they're right in the sense of, hey, get out now. Lebanon, all these countries are probably about to pop off. We can't promise your protection. Go. Smart. Yes. Here's the problem. They say... There's no guarantee the U.S. government will evacuate private citizens and their family members in a crisis situation. And or they also said you can't rely on us. Yeah, 
you, absolutely that part's true too not for the reason you want it to be but there 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 is such a a disconnect and and difference in how things are done now versus how they used to be if 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 you've got the government if you first of all if you can't see that the whole middle east is on fire right now and if you have the opportunity to to make an adjustment or move you need to be able to have that kind of intuition and and smarts on your own so hopefully you've got that but if 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 you're thinking that maybe these guys will get your back don't don't Look, look at look at the last three years alone and how we've handled international situations obviously afghan afghanistan one of the worst ever not just the last three years that's but that's a perfect example of how they view things and how they how they do things how they operate all of that stuff so you you do need to do that you do need to get out while you can because in in perfect in a perfect situation or perfect world you would have people who would maybe help you and try and help you egress from the country but we are so far from a perfect world right now joe biden is the president of the united states of america in name so so get out but it's concerning i i, I bring that whole story up to just reiterate that you've we're starting to make moves there's worldwide alerts everywhere everyone's getting involved world leaders picking sides putting putting their foot down and and drawing lines all of that israel saying hey we like a lot of you folks even our allies but we're going to make decisions that we think are best and by the way we're pissed right now so you're probably not going to like them <clears throat> it's not i mean it's the, not the most warm and cheery time of year for all this to be happening happy thanksgiving in in less than a month yeah christmas in a month and a half that's crazy too in its own right it's but, not but what's really aggravating to me is the fact that you know when we have hurricanes everyone's told to evacuate if you've got a category four category five coming in evacuate it inevitably there are people that don't evacuate so once the hurricane comes through and, and the conditions are okay to get out. What what do Americans do? What does what does our you know our um, emergency services sector do and local government? We go and try and find those people that elected to stay to see if we can save them. It's in it, it's 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 in our DNA to save our fellow Americans. And now that 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 need to save our fellow countrymen is being slowly dissected from our DNA thanks to the leftists in, yeah. in our country. And you know what? Democrats are always the ones who say, well, you should have evacuated. Well, you should have done this. You should have done that. You should have gotten an injection like you're supposed to. That's why you lost your job. They're always the ones who are like that because they have no risk-taking in, in an entire bone in their body, and they always blame the victim. And so that's what we have now with this regime that's that's currently here where, you know, I, if I was in a foreign country, it, it depends on your situation. I've been in plenty of situations in foreign countries where it's like we need to get out. It's hard for us to get out at this moment, especially when you've been a, a, you know accused of murder and an entire city is looking for you and your sound man. And you're holed up in your hotel trying to find the best window to get to the airport to get on a flight to go unnoticed to get out of there. You know, I can just imagine if, you know, that same sort of scenario, not, you know, with the 
murder charge and everything, but just like trying to get out. And all of a sudden, an invasion happens, and it's going totally berserk in the streets. You're stuck. Yeah, yeah, you are. You know how how do the people in Lebanon know? You know, it's like, hey, you guys should get out of there. Okay, well, you know, do you mean today? Do you mean next week? Well, you know, what's the time frame that we're looking at? So most people might be like, well, you know, it's not going to happen tomorrow because they say get out tomorrow. So maybe I'll book a flight for next week. But Sunday rolls along, and all of a sudden, you can't get to the airport. The airport's destroyed, and runway's destroyed in Beirut. It's shut down. Then what do you do? You're stuck because you weren't sure of the timing that, you know, this was going to happen. So now our government's telling an American, you know what? You missed your window of opportunity. Good luck to you. And by the way, if you die there, we're going to charge for your body to be transported back. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is it doesn't take that. That's a possibility, obviously, in a war zone and in an environment like that and and what it seems like things are getting to. But it doesn't take Beirut International Airport to take a strike on the runway. It's just the threats where commercial airlines are like, yeah, we're not going in there anymore. Yeah, or Hezbollah setting up roadblocks all over Beirut yeah. and you not being able to leave your hotel or right. the neighborhood that, you know, your aunt is staying in. Well, I just would say this, you know, I look, I, it, it's not my job to tell people what to do. I mean, it kind of actually is, I guess, but that's not my intent. We talk about things, people, you, everyone just gets to make their own decisions, right? It's, it's, you're, you're an adult, you make your own damn decisions. But if, if you're over there, and you don't know the timing, but you're concerned and you've got the State Department as useless as they are making statements about this, putting, you know, reaching new emergency levels, alerts, travel advisories, don't come in. And if you're here, you should probably get out. I just would heed it because because when you think back to Afghanistan, I'll never forget Joe saying, look, this isn't going to happen. We're not going to have a Saigon moment or this, that. Bitch, 24 hours later, it literally we had a Saigon moment. So a helicopter on, top on the, of the roof. Embassy. So <laughs> so like if if they're like, well, we think we have a little time, I would just assume that they don't know what they're talking about and get the hell out because it, you can't trust the damn thing these people say. And it's not it's not just Joe. I mean, it's it's all of them. It's just our government is in a state of failure right now. But also, too, I mean, not everybody has the means to buy a last-second ticket from Beirut to Newark, New Jersey. Right. That's going to be expensive. Especially if you have a family. Yes. You know, we're talking—if you've got a family, we're talking, what, four or five grand to come up with to get your family out of there for a last-minute ticket? There's not too many people that you know, have that kind of— you know, um, have that kind of cash just on hand, just extra extra five grand, especially if you've got four kids. Right. No, it's it's a lofty man. That's 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 something. Um. All right, let's do this. We got plenty more to talk about. We got Wayne Dupree who's going to be joining us after this quick break here. Uh, but before we go to the break, I got to ask you. Tomorrow's Halloween, so let's do question of the day. And the question is this. What Halloween candy should not be allowed to be distributed? Wh- which one pisses you off? Like when you get it in your, your ba- well, you don't get it now in your bag. Your kids get it in the bag, or maybe you remember back to your bag. 
what what candy should be eliminated from the rotation on the stores that's always given out that you get and you're like oh man seriously i got 12 of these taking up space in my bag what is it again what halloween candy should not be allowed to be distributed send in your answers we'll give you ours too we'll probably ask wayne for his as well we're going to get into the news crews and all sorts of stuff with our good friend wayne dupree right after this break stick around Interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833 833- 287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. Never miss an episode and experience the best live in-show engagement with Drew and the crew on Rumble. Be sure to subscribe to Drew's channel to be notified each time he goes live for the best commentary, the best skits, and outstanding guests on the issues that matter to you. You can do so on the Rumble app by searching Drew Berquist, then click subscribe, or by visiting rumble.com forward slash Drew Berquist on your web browser. My business partner, Jim, and I uh, started Thistle Creek Reserve because we wanted to bring glory to God. We want to be Christ-centered seven days a week, 365 days a year. Our coffee is produced all around the world, some from Papua New Guinea, South America, and Guatemala, Brazil, for example. Beyond the Cup is it's our life motto. It's our way to give back, and it's, for us, our charitable partners. Uh, we partner with the Tim Tebow uh, Akoa Philippi Project to help rescue women and children from sex trafficking. Uh, we partner with Seamark Ranch, a uh, foster care community to help show the love of Christ to children uh, who've really just been abandoned by their families. One of the things that we do is we go back and we support the missionaries that we help get our coffee from so that they can build churches and uh, schools and hospitals and dig wells so that everybody has fresh and clean water. We stand on core conservative Christian values, and we will never shy away from that. But that doesn't mean that we don't love our friends that are across the aisle. We love them all. We want to serve good coffee to them all, and we want them to know that there's somebody who might not think like they do, but is willing to love them anyway and have a conversation with them.
contestants, ready your wiener and... Welcome back, folks. Wonder how many people do the wiener game at home. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing it's a small number. I don't know. Just it's just a guess. Question of the day. What Halloween candy should not be allowed to be distributed, i.e. which one were you pissed off when you got it? We're going to get to your responses here um, real quick, and then we're going to bring in our good friend Wayne Dupree. We've got Tootsie Roll, says Jill. Scott Shots, those are all for me, uh, says Dragonheart. Uh, different answer, but okay. Apples, um, <clears throat> licorice of any flavor, says Andy. Unwrapped candies, yes, that's true, Andy. We got to be different, <laughs> Andy. We got to be smart on that. Candy corner, blow pops. Um, <clears throat> what else is coming through? I saw some others. Neko wafers. Oh, God, those are disgusting. Yeah. Dark chocolate, anything. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cruise along. Let's keep doing them. I want to get I want to get your answer, Tom, but I want to get Wayne's answer too. So we're gonna bring in our guest, host of the Wayne Dupree podcast, my good friend Wayne Dupree. Wayne, thanks for being here, brother. What's up, Doctor? What hey. is going on? Long hey. time no see. I know it's been too long. I'm glad that you're here. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to spend some time with our crazy ass shop over here. So I asked the crew, like, is there a candy that you got as a kid that, you know, or uh, what, maybe you still go to, I mean, I'm going trick-or-treating tomorrow. I'm not going to knock on any doors, but I'll be out there <laughs> with my kids. Is there a candy that you got that was like, man, this sucks? Yeah, that damn candy corn, man. I, man, I got sick of that. I, I mean, at first it was cool. And then, you know, they had the, what, they had white, orange, and yellow. Yeah. Unless you and get like the Indian the one, us. which is like chocolate, and then there's brown on it, and that's 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 not. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. And then they tried triggers with white, orange, and then brown, and but and I was like, okay, all right, whatever, you know. I, I but <laughs> you you can get a you can get a like a cocaine rush. What what? Not really cocaine because I ain't never do cocaine. But I, but I mean, you know, just just sitting down there, just. Figuring out ways how to eat this piece of candy. Oh man. Okay, I'll start at the middle this time. Well, I'll start on this side. Well, I'll just bite the tip off, you know. You know <laughs> it, I... <laughs> yeah, I And uh... the reason why Drew is laughing is because that's why he did that. Okay. Yep. He did that. Yesterday. He, he he probably had about fifteen or twenty no tips on all of them. Just <laughs> just just, just <laughs> <laughs> just lined up like little soldiers i try and then i realize how impatient and what a neanderthal i am and then it's just they all get <laughs> scooped in and then i'm dumping like a jar in there I'm like, i don't even like these um it's okay but a lot of you people probably, have agreed you know, with you and, 
a lot then, of people have said and corn. Then for, and then for some of the crazy ones out there, you beautiful people, some of you bit them off and then tried to smash them together to make one just large. <laughs> see, look, did you see Drew? Did y'all see him? <laughs> he did that too. Hey, there's a there's a mad scientist deep down in here. I, I don't remember if I passed science or not, but uh, I passed candy science. Uh, Tom, what are you going with? I'm going uh, as a kid. I'm enjoy that one was the one when it came to like the candy currency for like trading. You could never, if you had a whole stack of Almond Joys, nobody wanted to trade with you. And that was the yeah. one that you wanted to get out of your candy bag, out of your candy stash after your, yeah, your trick-or-treating. Tr tr yeah, was over with. I mean, some of you would all, for me, I would either want to get like the Heath Bar or a Butterfinger, but the Almond Joy and the Mounds, you'd always have that always left over. And it was like, oh man, why did I get stuck with this? I just yeah. told my daughter today, um, she came out and she was excited. Uh, one of my daughters, my youngest, about trick or treating tomorrow. And Candy, I said, "Well, you just remember, like the daddy tax." Yes, daddy, <laughs> I'll give you the white chocolate ones because she knows I like white chocolate. I'm like, no, 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 it's not stopping at white chocolate. I said, you gotta understand, I need a couple Butterfingers. I need some Heath bars. Literally, both of those two things you just said, Tom. Uh, it will not stop there. And if you don't give them to me when you go to bed, I'll just take them because that's that's how I play it. Uh, I don't know what I'm going with. I, I you actually just kind of swayed me. I like almond joys now. Yeah, I've made yeah. peace with coconut now, but when I but was as a kid, kid yeah. that, that's a shitty one to get. Yeah. You're like, I don't want this, and I, I you can't trade it. So that's actually a good idea. But I'm gonna go with Jill just to be different because I like Tootsie Rolls. But when you hand me just a handful of Tootsie Rolls and essentially say I hate kids, get away, get off my property. <laughs> I, I'm disappointed. I like Tootsie Rolls. It's it's the big show. It's Halloween. I want <sighs> good candy bars. I don't want a Tootsie Roll that, by the way, takes too long to chew. Like, I get pissed chewing Tootsie Rolls. It takes way too long. Well, what if it was the big Tootsie Roll? Like, Still, the like, fat one. That's a commitment. Yeah. And the big yeah. Tootsie Roll looks like a piece of dog poop. Like, the way it's sectioned yeah. off. I, I can't do it. That's uh, why I like you know, those that, little... That, Go ahead, Wayne. That... Uh, that Almond Joy, man, when you start eating it, that's one of the best things around. I mean, that milk chocolate is real milk chocolate. You know, yeah. that, that, and you know, that little almond, that, all that goes when you first eat it. But once you get finished that Almond Joy, come on, once you get finished that almond and the milk chocolate and a little bit of that coconut and all you have left is a whole lot of coconut and a little bit of milk chocolate, you're like, eh. Yeah, okay, done, yeah. done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I I agree, and I do like it more now. By the way, folks, if I know Barb, a lot of you folks in the audience are are rural and and don't really have trick or treaters. Um, give give the big give the good stuff. But if you really want to go next level, it's been true for forever. As long as we've all been alive, the the houses that give away the king size candy bars are kings of the neighborhood. So if you yeah, want to tap yeah. yourself on the shoulder and you want people to talk about you, give away the big stuff. Big give away job, the yep. big stuff. Yep. Um, so we, we had a vegetarian family on my block. Oh, and, that's gross. I know. And they would give away tangerines every year. And it was like, <laughs> and every year you went back thinking, okay, this is the year that they're going to give out candy. And then you got stuck with your tangerine. It's like, it's like a carrot. Yeah, I'm not building a cornucopia. I'm trying to rot my teeth. 
Yes, that's. <laughs> I mean, if you give out that kind of stuff, or like someone gave. I mean, even last year, and they're not. Everyone likes like goldfish and like the little snack packs. You don't put a little snack pack of goldfish no. in, in a kid's thing. They're, they're there for candy. They're there for candy. Um, ba- bags of pretzels are horrible. Yes, they are, Disco. <laughs> or a box you of raisins. To, you can try to put that pack of um, uh, uh, fish in there. You'd be like, fish, we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love it. Now, at, at the same time, if you really wanted to troll some people and have them never come back, throwing a real fish in there, that would end your responsibilities for Halloween for years to come because uh, you would ruin that bag. It would smell awful. Uh, I would yeah. still eat my kids' candy just because I've got problems. But um, but let's get to some new stuff here. Uh, Wayne, we call this section, we're going to play a little bumper here, but we call this section the News Cruise, and let's go on it together. If Disco's yeah. got it. I got surprised it. him. I surprise here Uh-oh. it is. We'll make you happy. I, I feel like I'm playing Atari, man. Right? You're, you're talking about candy for, for six minutes and then you surprise me with the news crew. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you, you've worked with me for like 84 years. I, I thought I had you, you know, tuned and custom to that. <laughs> well, it's nice to know that you can still surprise me. Yes, I can. Uh, so so let's start here, Wayne, because Kamala, we're going to kind of just dance all over the place and then we can get into we'll get into whatever. Uh, there's really no format here. It's just chaos. You mentioned cocaine earlier. You'd think that we do cocaine here because it's all <laughs> over the place. But uh, Kamala was on 60 Minutes last night, was asked why she thinks Bolden's, uh, Biden's poll numbers are so low. Here's what the empty headed uh, <laughs> chick had to say. Take a listen. A recent CBS poll found that at the beginning of President Biden's term, 70 percent of young people, people under 30, said he was doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Now it's less than 50 percent. Why is that? What's going on? If you poll how young people feel about the climate and the warming of our planet, it polls as one of their top concerns. When we talk about what we are doing with student loan debt, polls very high. Uh, the challenge that we have as an administration is we got to let people know who brung it to them. <laughs> That's our challenge. But it is not that the work we are doing is not very, very popular with a lot of people. <laughs> All right. So she's going back to climate change and and cackling and doing all the things she said i mean do you think that's a reasonable job what, what did you take from that clip wayne <laughs> let me tell you something um uh the, um you asked me about joe biden and um, yeah joe and um basically he asked her about joe 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 biden that's it joe from the beginning to right now joe she went from climate change to uh what was the other one student debt See, yes I, the, look, the, woman two different subjects <laughs> I, and plus uh maybe the reporter should have asked about venn diagrams i mean she has a heart on for venn diagrams she, so. she does love three circles um <laughs> you know what I'm she saying? uses some of them uh herself but the but but I mean, so she goes down climate change. I mean, they've scared people half to death on that. Not half to death. They've scared them shitless on that stuff. She talks about loan forgiveness, which for the for the Democrats and for this particular administration is akin to bribes for votes. But I mean, 
you, you see that by the way did you see the face disco pull up her face when he first asked yeah, the yeah, question yeah. you can I see the face like oh yeah. like how yeah, yeah, am i gonna yeah, get saw, out of this yep yeah i saw that from the beginning now and i tried to make a minute note to her to say something about that but i was like yeah, she was rolling in that man. God darn it, he could have asked me about um, um, blue, blueberry ice cream or something. He had to ask me about that. Jesus. Uh, okay, uh, and and then you know what? That's what happened. She was thinking about something else, and then that's where she came up, climate change and student debt. She forgot what the main question was. Yeah. That's why she pulled she pulled that out of her toes. Well, and she said too, you know, there are good things happening. She brings up, she brings up those, and then she, she's, <laughs> they just got, they got to remember who brung it to them. Like, what, what are you, like, who, who do, you, who, who are you talking to? Who's your audience? That's that fifty-year-old Scotch kicking in. That, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? hey, if she's oh, got fifty-year-old yeah. Scotch, oh. I want it. The, the Scotch I'm having right now, I think, is like twelve. So. Well, if not Scotch, it's Beaujolais, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Fred Sanford's Beaujolais. Well, sh she wasn't done because then can't. Well, I'm sure you you've, you've seen all these things, but but for for shits and gigs and for our audience here, she wasn't done because she was then asked about Joe running in 2024. Here's what the streetwalker with uh, Secret Service Protection had to say. We were talking to some Democratic donors, uh -huh. and they have told us that should something befall <laughs> President Biden, and he is not able to run mm -hmm. that there would be a free-for-all for who would run as president you are in the spot that that would be a natural for you to step up but we're hearing from donors that they would not naturally fall into line why is that well first of all i'm not going to engage in that hypothetical because joe biden is very much alive and running for re-election so but you do are. know i mean that is a concern and, and a legitimate concern i would say i hear from a lot of different people a lot of different things but let me just tell you i'm focused on the job i truly am our democracy is on the line bill and i frankly in my head do not have time for parlor games when we have a president who is running for re-election that's it i'm focused on the job Susie? Susie, who let him in here? <laughs> who don't know? No, no. The first word that she thought was N-word, okay? N-word, please. That's that. That's the first word that she thought in her head. The second word is like, who who let him in here to ask me this question? I am, it's, it's hot. I, I feel like I'm in, I feel like I'm back on my knees in California. It, it, it's hot. <laughs> She, she got some she got some questions that that did slip through that that she definitely wasn't prepared for it was not a no conversation is easy for kamala because she's the one of the dumbest people on the planet i love that she says <laughs> too by the way that she's i'm just focused on the job you don't even know what the job is let's let's be let's be honest here for a second uh, the, the parts that you do understand that you're focusing on is trying to shift the country into a communist shithole uh, we got that you understand that but, but she talks about he's all I mean, a lot of people keying on this, but Joe's alive. He's a, OK. We know he I mean, there's people who would speculate that he's not. I'm in that camp. Okay. I know Tom is in that camp. Tom, Tom, okay. did you what did you think of that comment? 
You talking uh, about clone she, one, she, clone two, or clone three? Which one? Exactly. The original Joe <laughs> Biden's been dead for years. No, yeah, kidding. yeah, yeah. I, he went out in the early '80s when they took part of that brain out. You know, so you know, exactly. She's she's struggling. You know how? Um, I think everybody, to a certain degree, has a little bit of imposter syndrome. Wherever you get, whatever kind of success that you have, there's always this little shadow of a doubt in the back of your head that somehow you feel like that you got here just because you you got lucky. It wasn't the fact that you worked harder than somebody else, and you always have it. it always kind of like plays with you a little bit. But yeah. with her, the imposter syndrome is overwhelming because most people everybody deals with it but most people haven't and, and talk about it uh, and say yeah i kind of had it a little bit but you know what i really worked my ass off to get work to where i am and they move forward with it but her imposter syndrome is so overwhelming it's it's it seems like it's paralyzing to her because when she's when it's time for her to move on and, and really take on the job that she was given it's just she is just so vapid and vacuous that there there's no substance there. And so when yeah. she gets asked questions that she's not prepared for, her imposter syndrome kicks in and you just see her self-destructing as if she's almost torpedoing herself because she knows that she really shouldn't be there. Yeah, I've been in a situation a few well, uh well, actually, I've been in a few um, a situation when I used to be interviewed on Fox News, um, where I know what I'm going to say based on the question that I'm being answered. Now, I'm not saying that somebody's in her ear, but you know, she she knows that she's under a microscope, but then she also knows that she wasn't qualified to be vice president, let alone president. So she knows this. She thought she was going to ride the wave of Barack Obama, though. Uh, and he wasn't qualified either, to tell you the truth. But she thought she was going to ride that wave because, as we know, the Democrats like to do one thing and one thing only. Be the first to do whatever. And and if they aren't the first to do whatever, then they steal the idea of being the first to do whatever. You know, like the women's movement. The women's movement has always been a Republican issue. Democrats stole it. Civil rights. Always been a um, uh, Republican issue. Democrats stole it. Now, I'm not saying that they just stole it. Period. I mean, for them, to, I mean, for them to be allowed to keep that that mantra, the other side has got to give up and not fight for it. And that and that's what that's what it, uh, I usually well that's what we usually talk about on the show is that a whole lot of things that are happening in this country. Kamala Harris being up there right now, Joe Biden being elected. Uh, the Republicans had a hand in it, too. You just can't get that far with Ditsy and Dunny and just one side just did it. This no. isn't the 1940s, you know, where Democrats controlled um, the Congress for 40 years. This is 2023, you have another side that plays well. That doesn't play. No, that plays a game of being the quiet little concubine, acting like they're fighting for us, but they're not. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, it's there. There's no way. So much of what happens going back to to, to 2020 and, and really before, because it all started. All the lead up to what happened in 2020 started as soon as 
Trump Trump won that first one in 2016 and shocked the system. But uh, all all of the decisions they make now are 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 very much unified behind the scenes. Yeah. How how you know they sit around they sit around with their scotch and in, in their their nice fancy hotel bars and say how do we want this to play or in their offices whatever and and they come up with that plan because. There's no way that a lot of this stuff has happened over the last several years happens if it was a fair system and if we actually had a party that wasn't a fake opposition party but was in fact a real party that fought for their constituents, fought for America. It's as clear as day ever that we don't have that. And, and they are. They're the perfect people. There's no way in hell this dude got 81 million votes. There's no way that, that Kamala is the right pick for VP or any role for that. I wouldn't hire at a gas station, let alone right. – VP of the United States. So so that uniparty stuff is very much true. So the question then becomes, what does the D.C. machine want moving forward? Because I I, st- I, I, I think you probably total total dependency. If they can if they can have total dependency, uh, Americans um, dropping rug, um, 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 bending down to them and begging them for scraps. You know, now. It probably won't happen in our lifetime, but I don't know if y'all have looked out the window lately. They're on that track because you you don't have a whole. I mean, you have us as fighters right now, and I really wish that the younger people, because you know many of us have done it, but I really wish that the younger people were out in the streets again. And I ain't talking about running in the streets with yellow hair and dresses and boys wear dresses and stuff. I'm talking about real activism. You don't have that anymore. So. Um, real activism has gotten lazy and went to social media activism. Social media activism to me doesn't do a goddamn thing. It doesn't do anything. It it it, it, it creates serious echo chambers, but it doesn't do anything for the community. Um, last week, the mass shooter incident happened. Yeah, I went to um, I went to get my car serviced. The next morning, it wasn't even eight hours, nine hours from the time that it happened. I talked to three people in there. Did y'all hear about the mass shooting? No. Did you hear about the mass shooting? No. And then the third person, did you? Well, yeah, yeah, I heard a little bit about it. Two out of three didn't hear about it. Right. You know, and I mean, to, to me, I'm thinking, ah, darn. two out of three people have cut themselves off from the whole period system, period, it, anyway. And you get... And then you got this one over here that is um, spewing out these fire. I'm like, man, we got to do better. We got to do better. This country, this country is is on one of those silver slides that we used to play on the playground. You know those big, tall. I ain't talking about the short ones. I'm talking about the long ones. Yeah. It's, this country is on a slide down, and we need real activists. We need real people that are staying in the gap and said, you're not gonna roll over my country. No, we do. We need, and, and 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 it takes people doing that. It takes people doing that in order to wake more people up, just to the the reality of what's actually happening out there. And it takes people understanding what you just said there too. That social media is not real. It is real. There's real stuff that happens on there. There's yeah. there's news that happens on there. Independent media happens on there. All of that. But people get so. That's one of the reasons I don't post much on any of it. I literally, if, if I had someone who came in as a consultant, they'd be like, you're doing everything wrong. I said, I know, but, but what you're <laughs> saying is, is you want me to post three dozen times a day and ruin my right. personal life and just get involved in Twitter spats and stuff like that with people. Exactly. Like, I don't want to do that. I'm not interested in doing it. So I would rather right. just do it the way we do it, 
touch the people that we touch appropriately, of course, unless they're gorgeous <laughs> and they consent. But like we like we just that's I, I, the Twitter stuff is not it doesn't really do much. And I see people all the time. We all know people who do this. You're not doing anything. I'm doing everything. You need to do stuff more like me. It's like, but what did you do? All you did was yell at people on Twitter and then and then go right. play golf or, or or eat lunch or whatever. Like that doesn't actually do anything. You know that, right? No, no, no. And 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 we all know we all know the algorithm. Um, the algorithm. Elon. Well, I don't want to be too personal, but Elon Musk wants people to be active, and yeah. the more active, then the more. You're uh, um, championed and welcome and all that stuff. It's like I, I know when I first started, I was yelling and fussing and arguing with everybody. Now I tell you what really stopped me was um, a little a brouhaha with Cher. Um, Cher I, the singer. I yeah, man. That she, she put she put her and her people her and her cult put me in my place quick. <laughs> okay, I I said something about her. And the next thing I know, for about the next three three and a half hours, man, I thought my computer was hacked. All those all those responses that I was getting, I was, man, I was blocking. I felt like Noah. I was blocking two by two. I, I mean, I, I was like, oh my god, these these people are coming at me. I never mess with share again. And then I realized, okay, I got it. I'm not gonna argue with somebody on this platform because for the last three three and a half four hours. I'm arguing with somebody I've never met. They don't know me. They're cursing at me. They're threatening. Me. Oh, yeah. And plus, you can be a Billy badass on Twitter too. But they're 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 all this. And here I am. I just wasted time. Yeah. I, I just wasted well. And time. you're never That's going it. to agree. I mean, people never. are so hardened now. Yeah. So it's like, what's the in a traditional normal society? You you would have a conversation, not a shouting match over Twitter, right. where everyone right. is super tough. But that's the reality now that sucks. I hate it. I, I absolutely hate it. I hate where we are as a country. But it's like yep. they want to get you. into these fights. It's like, well, hold on. Before we fight, are mm -hmm. you willing to say that you're open to, like not say, but actually be open to change or listening? Or are you just going to prepare all your points and still huff and puff and walk off in the end and say that you were right? Because that's what's going to happen. So since happen. we know the outcome of this already, let's not do it. Because you're going to leave mad. I'm going to leave mad. And we're going to have yep. a lower view of where we're going as as humanity here. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, man. It's 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 just so depressing. I, I, I we all have so much time in a day. We have family, yep. family members. We have loved ones. We have other things going on in our life. And and even when there's not something going on, it's like, man, I could I could sit out back at the house and have a drink and a cigar and I could even do that while I'm doing it. I could get on my phone and start bitching to people on Twitter. Yep. Or I could just enjoy my my nice weather in Florida and a cigar and a drink and Again, right. relax a right. little bit. I choose that yep. every time. I do too. It's like, you know what? And and that piece, that little piece and I love the studio by the way. Thank um you. the piece that the piece that you're um speaking about is something that I decided a few years ago, you know what, we're not gonna broadcast on Friday. We talk politics, money, we get really hard into it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, I've, I've been along, I've been in this since 2012. I've seen it break up family. Because so many people, especially with social media coming along, they stay on social media. Dinner, honey, I'll be right there. I can't believe that you just said this about me. Enter, and then just wait for the response. Yeah. And, and I mean, and by that time, it's 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. So 
I've seen it break our families. And I'm yeah. like, we need to break away from this computer or break away from social media and enjoy life. Just go out there and let the air into your nostrils, let the, let the, let, um, or into your brain. Um, but you said, you said something about, um, the Uniparty. I was speaking on the, on the Washington Mall a couple of years ago on 9 11. And uh, it was 9 11 tribute. And one of my listeners, her and her husband, older couple, they walked up to me and, you know, I gave him a hug and everything. Like, we're going in and we're going to watch the Republicans beat up on the Democrats. I was like, okay, well, let me know how, let me know how that goes. Okay, good. We'll be back. And then they went in there. Uh, maybe about an hour and a half later, they come back. They look like they had been to a haunted house. You should have seen their face. I'm like, what happened? You should have seen it. They're all friends. They're all friends. They're, they're patting each other on the back. They're smoking together. It was not what we see on C-SPAN. I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, that, that, Welcome to reality. That's how it is. It's a, it's that's a, but that's a hard thing. Like, I mean, you... We, we as a crew here live in it. We as an RVM network live in it. You live in you lived in it longer than I did. I mean, I met you when I was at Blaze and 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 have you know started about four years after you did. But we live in this world, and we've by the way we've gone to that schedule too because it's like I can't take this anymore. I wake up and and <laughs> get flooded with awful stories that we somehow try and joke and laugh our way through, as we say. But also the world's yep. kind of on on the on its on its way out here. But we've we've gone to that too, just to to get some some quality time with our family and friends, and also just for our crew to come up with some other creativity because the the news right. zaps you of all that. But it does. But a lot of people don't realize that, and that is our biggest issue. Our, you know, we're our biggest threat and enemy as a country is is all the stuff that's happening from within. There's a ton of stuff yep. outside, but it's yep. absolutely Free. the threat from within. But among those threats within is ignorance of the American population, some of which are great people, some of which are conservative-minded yes. Christian people who are like, yes. yeah, it's kind of bad, but it's not that bad. It's like, oh, no, it's so much worse than you think. And and you don't <laughs> want to share that message with them because it's like, look, I don't want to ruin your day and piss in your Cheerios, uh, but it's worse than you think. It doesn't mean it's over, but it, but for you to understand how important it is and incentivize you to wake up and get involved and and not just bury your head in the sand you've got to hear some disturbing news and that's i mean that's a, that's right. a tough thing we we struggle with it all the time here yep. yeah and, and one thing i wanted to bring up we were talking about when wayne brought up the people who went in and saying oh we're gonna watch the republicans beat up on the democrats i remember when i was 10 years old and going to see wrestling at the high naples high school in the town that i grew up in and okay. waiting around getting autographs from the wrestlers that were coming out the main event that night it was for the NWA title it was Dusty uh -oh. Rhodes against Harley Race. And oh, Harley man. Race ended up winning and retaining his belt. And, you know, of course, I was crushed because I was a huge Dusty Rhodes fan. But <laughs> I was even more crushed when they came out of the boys' locker room at the high school together yeah. and got in a car together and left. Yeah. And I was like, they're friends. Yeah, this is unbelievable. Yeah. So from that point yeah. on, it, to your point, Wayne, yeah, it, 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 people think that with social media that they're the people in Washington, D.C. are going to be just as balkanized as they are on social media. And they're not. The opposite is true. You know, yeah. I grew up 
I grew up in a um, Christian um, home. My father was a pastor. My mom was Sunday school superintendent. And we used to go to a whole lot of choir anniversaries. And we used to go to a whole lot of events in the church. So based on the scripture and keeping your body a living temple and this and that and stuff, and you ain't supposed to do that and you're supposed to do that. I'm seeing these singers out there drinking and smoking. I'm like, you're not supposed to do that. But there, and, and that right there, but just that changed me as a little kid. I was like, well, they don't take the Bible seriously. You know, and, and and but then I had to look at myself. And I'm like, okay, well, how serious am I supposed to take the Bible? Because it again, if you look at our Congress, if you put that through, you know, I'm waiting to see what Bishop Mike Johnson does. But uh, you know, we uh, th- these people get up there and say how much that they're doing things in Jesus' name and and and, and or um, God and everything. But it's just. A huge thing of hypocrite, man. A, a huge bowl of hypocrite of what they're doing to our country. So you know, it's it's up to us. You know, it's up to um, networks like this one. You know, I I call it the number one um, grassroots conservative network that's out there, and it's growing. A huge, a lot of huge shows, a hot, um, new names that people probably have never heard of. But that's the way that you grow something is that you have different new messages and stuff. So that uh, yeah, like. We have three people, three different types of people on my show. We all don't agree with everything, but at least one of us or the audience, at least you can fall in line with somebody that is there. Now, if we have a disagreement, you know, we're going to talk it out. If not, we'll go ahead and curse it out. But either way, when everything is over, you don't see us huffing and <laughs> I ain't coming back here no more. No, yeah. you know, the, you know, you know what I'm saying, Drew. But those things are, I mean, those days are so gone. I mean, they are and they aren't. Like, there's a lot of people who can handle that, and you guys do a great job, all of you uh, over there with Butch and Jason. But like, but those days are mostly gone. And there's no Tom. You always bring it up. There is zero conflict resolution in our country now, and in our communities. And particularly, it's in the younger generations. You know, we don't have that here on the show. Your your shows, you know, we've kind of got similar demographics in terms of our personnel and whatnot. But there's none of that. You have people who it's it's all or nothing. It goes that way, and it literally ends in an "f you." I hope you die. It's like, whoa! I thought we're, so. We're not <laughs> hugging it out. We're we're okay. There, there's so many different steps that, that yeah. get missed. To I hate you. I hope you die <laughs> when you're arguing with somebody or debating somebody. I'm gonna. Pull you're just you. a baby killer. Yeah. You're just a baby killer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, hey, man, I gotta give. I gotta give you for those belts, man. I mean, I thought, I thought, I thought you might start the show. Oh yeah, brother, brother, brother. Yeah, it's you everything I can do not to. Oh, no. You know, yeah, you know. I thought you might bring that up, but mine, those some pretty belts. We, you know, we we have some good props all around the the studio. They don't always get worked in. But... Wayne, I gotta tell you, the one the yellow belt that he has is in honor of the Ultimate Warrior. That's his the Ultimate Warrior's intercontinental oh. belt. And Drew yeah. and I have an ongoing yeah, debate. We, per, speaking of disagreements. Yes, I, I believe that Ultimate Warrior was, you know, I like everybody else, loved his entrance. 
but I think he was one of the most overrated wrestlers of all time. And that is such a, a raw nerve with Drew. No, no, I, hold on. I, I don't disagree with you. I think he's overrated. He's not a technical. He wasn't a te He's dead now. Sorry, Jim, you're dead. But he wasn't a technical guy, but he had energy. Kids loved him. He had neon colors. Speak to me, warrior. I mean, he... He, I mean, he. There was something different. He was unique and new. He wasn't like, he wasn't yeah. an old, you know, older dude who was greased up but was kind of out of shape. Like he, the dude was jacked for good reason. Lord knows oh, how he much. Was jacked, all right. he, he was, was jacked. jacked. All right. he and was it ultimately, jacked. I think, probably took him yeah. from this yeah. planet. But. I mean, years of steroids and cocaine aren't good for the body. <laughs> who knew? But hold on, we didn't get so. Did, Wayne, where where do you fall on Ultimate Warrior from the eighties? Uh oh, I I you know what I I I loved his act. I just felt like he should have had more moves in the ring. That's all. I mean, you know that he had no moves. You know yeah. that's good to start off with. <laughs> but um, you know the you know this right here. Is, uh, here we go. He hadn't even been hit yet. <laughs> okay, okay. Now we got the Tarzan thing going on. And, you know. <laughs> There's paint and grease flying everywhere, baby yeah. oil. Yeah, but um, and his finishing move. Uh, it, I mean, it worked. It believe me, it worked, and it worked when he was along, um, Hulk alongside Hulk Hogan. I yeah. but I think in my childhood, and I I've seen everything from, and I I'm getting ready to make y'all smile. Sad night's main event. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. That I was, I mean, that when rock and roll and all that stuff start coming into wrestling, I was there for all of that. Which means I think the one wrestler that really defined my generation was the Ultimate. I mean, um, was the um, Undertaker. Oh, the Undertaker. He was, was, he's a great, he's a great, great story, great gimmick, all of that. When I first seen him, I was mesmerized myself because I was like, okay. This is just another dude wearing the stuff, but his mannerisms and stuff, like when you beat him down and then he just sit up. I was like, damn, he looked like he's getting out of the get third place. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, man, you can't hurt him. It's like, you body slam. He gets up, rises up. I was like, God, get him down. He, what? He, oh my God, he's not even alive. Look at that. Yeah. You know, and oh, oh, they had me, don't they? And then they brought his brother Kane, which retransformed everything. I was like, yeah. Yeah, W. I mean, I'm, I'm WW. Uh, I, I should call it WWF. I don't, well, that's that what I'm used to too. Yeah. Hey, yeah. In my heart, that's what it's like. The Redskins are still the Redskins. WWE is still. Oh WWE. hell yeah. And X is still yeah. Twitter. X is still Twitter. Yeah. I, <laughs> hey, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, look. Daddy named the X. The mama named the X. I mean, no. I'm the daddy named the Twitter. The mama named the Twitter. I'm calling it Twitter. Okay. I mean, I, I ain't calling them no X. Exactly. Well, <laughs> so I'm gonna try and make a segue here. From wrestling okay. to someone who has been in WWE, WWE events, pay-per-views kind of thing. And let's let's switch to Trump here for a second. Yeah. Because as and you you tweeted out about this. I see that's the thing. You X'd out of that's gay. You tweeted out about this. I don't like the terminology. I'm just not doing it. Um, but you tweeted out about this. There was a trial that started in Colorado today, supposed to take all week. And essentially what they're doing 
in a in a blue state, by the way, that's probably they're probably not going to vote for Trump. But I think there's a reason why this still matters. There's a lot of reasons why this still matters. Mm -hmm. But it's an mm -hmm. effort to get him off the ballot because yep. of the 14th Amendment. How, how big of a deal is this to you? Not. It's not. Um, to me, I mean, because I've I've heard a scholar speak about the 14th Amendment and, you know, insurrectionists. Um, it, it, Democrats slap that name on the deplorables. Okay, yeah, I call us the deplorables. They slap that name on us specifically for that reason, the 14th Amendment. Yeah, 100%. Because they wanted to sensationalize and they they needed something to grab and say, see, look, even the Constitution is against these people. Believe me, if there was really an insurrectionist, we wouldn't be here right now. No. Everything would have no. changed on January 6th, okay? Um, but slapping him with it is just a slap with it. They really can't prove. They really can't prove anything, to tell you the truth. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think... However, no, let me back up. No, no, no. You know what? I'm going to say it. I really don't think there's anything that they can pull from the 14th in a minute that's going to stick with Donald Trump uh, for running. However, we're talking about it's 2023. There's new audio coming out every week of something. You know, there's new, I mean, they've had four years, five years of this stuff, but they got new audio coming out every week with something else. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but the AI thing is growing too. You know, these these cloned voices you know, coming out too. And it's always like CNN, breaking news, we got an audio. Really, CNN, again? You? It, <laughs> am I just throwing it to you for some reason? Okay, all right, whatever. No, I, 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 I know they're trying hard, but I don't think it's going to work. I really don't. Well, uh, I, I I think you're right, too. We talk about this a lot on the show. You go back to the term deplorables. You go back to the term insurrection or insurrectionist, all of those. Those terms, are they're, they're smart. The other side's clever. They play the long game. Our yeah. side doesn't. And and they oh, knew yeah. that this would come into play, and, and yep. they did it. And a lot of people heard it and were like, and we were all offended and like, that's not what happened. But we didn't realize <laughs> they're calling it this for these reasons that are going to come for into reason. play down the road. Exactly. Here's yeah. my concern with this too, because so for or not not two, but here's my concern with Colorado, is the politics aren't necessary. There's good Republican people in in Colorado, absolutely know some some great ones out there, but it's not a some diehard red state, right? So my concern is is it's 2023, you've mm -hmm. got the courts that are compromised, you've got people in in positions of power every everywhere that make decisions based on emotion, not fact, not law, not the Constitution. And it's so cute that they are leveraging the Constitution. The only freaking time they've ever read the Constitution is to yeah. find something to get, get Trump on. But is, is if they get this through, if this, if this were to happen, just playing devil's advocate here, mm -hmm. if they get it through in Colorado, doesn't change things really in Colorado because Trump's probably not going to win Colorado. Right. However... If they are able to get it through, I think it's a it's a test, you know, a whatever. Uh, I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of, but it's a test for them 
where they can then replicate this in other places and say okay now we got precedent now let's 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 go and do this in this state and that state because it only takes a couple states to really screw him up right i agree with that that's my only concern i agree with that um even now now we're talking about colorado so that's why i said eh, no it's really not going to do anything now i don't think it's going to work in colorado but if we go along the lines of what you're talking about with the template because the template uh, or blueprint could be also where did they fail and how can we fix that in another state that's true so you know okay so it might not work in Colorado, but it might work in Arizona or uh, Wisconsin or Michigan or Georgia. Georgia has a hard on for him anyway. So um, with those Republicans down there, uh, they got showed up. They got showed up and showed out. So they've been trying to stick it to Trump for the longest. Uh, um, raspberry and um, um, coconut. Oh, wait. <laughs> raspberry. Raspberry. No. Blueberry. What's his name? <laughs> we we get Raffensburger. you. That, yeah, Raffensburger and uh, I like raspberry Ma- better, but Ronald McDonald. All of them down there, they've been trying to stick it to him. So, you know, I say the way the way that I think about the Donald Trump situation from 2020 is the lawyers screwed it up. The lawyers that were out there. And they should have been more ready, more prepared when they got in front of these judges because the judges kicked them out. Yeah. Saying, you came here with this, but this court is for this. So, no, we're not even going to look at anything. We're not even going to look at your evidence because you didn't do this right. Right. It, 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 it disturbs me that a Democrat district attorney from New York can bring charges against Donald Trump in Florida. And you don't see any Republican DA, well, a president that's out of office. You don't see any Republican DA in any state bringing Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton and believe me, they they got bodies. Okay, they drop bodies. So... I mean, let's speak on Haiti alone. You could what? There, you, how many uh, um, um, indictments does Trump have for? With, with all this, you could man, you could pull up twenty or thirty on Hillary for Haiti by itself. Yeah. All that money, all that billions of dollars. The earthquake came, thousands died, and then five years later, the hurricane came. But when you went back and looked down there, all the all the money that it filtered through the the Clinton Global Initiative, whatnot, these people still living in tents, and the hurricane killed more of them. Yeah, a no. couple of years later, it's like, come on, you know? Yeah, no, but I mean, the difference is, is they play on the right team, um, wrong yeah. team, correct team in terms of of all this stuff that the concern I, I, I and i hope you're right going back to colorado real quick because I, I hope you're right there that they can't do this um they will to your point oh no no, no. they are going to they're going to do it i i just don't think it's going to work yeah they're going to say anything and everything that they want to say it's not going to work yeah and i heard 
I was listening to somebody in DC talk about it, but um, or or it could have been somebody on the right uh, from um, a former Fox voice that like you can't put that on him because he's not an insurrection. Right. You can label him that, but when you break it down and stuff, and when you get into the little minor pieces of it, he can get off on that. You know, no, no, he's he's not an insurrection. So. But other states are watching. Believe me, they're watching intently. They are watching. They're watching in Georgia, for e- Delaware. Everyone out there too who says like like you're saying, and we've been saying, look, it. You can you can not like the guy, and say you want him out. But these particular charges are all bullshit, and yeah. and, and his case should stand up in a court of law. Then they absolutely should. The, the only flaw with all of that logic and our our hope that that's how things go emotionally and practically speaking, is again mm-hmm. it's 2023. The left, exactly. the masks are off. They don't care. Judge, does it matter that your rules and you're confined to this and this is how you need to judge? You need to be biased and without that, none of them care anymore. They just don't. Nope. So. So no one can rest on their laurels and think it's it's going to just go the way that it should because 10, 20, 30 years ago, this wouldn't have gone this way. It would have been dead in the water, dead on arrival. Like, no, we're not doing that. You know what? We're not even hearing this case, throwing it out. But now it's you know like what? totally different story. You know what? You brought up You brought up 2016, right? Yeah. Um, it's when things change. I have to go back to 2000. The Democrats have, well, actually 2018, the Democrats have not forgotten how the Republicans embarrassed their president with an impeachment. They have never forgot that. Nancy Pelosi and all them, never forgot it. And then on top of that, what happened in 2000 with the election. From that point on, they have been working to fix things so that it never happens again. That's why, and I was talking about this earlier on, on the show, Every Republican since 2000, according to Democrats, has been illegitimate. They they got to put that out there. They said George W. Bush was illegitimate. They I mean they just threw that out there because well his brother gave him Florida, and then um, when Donald Trump came, illegitimate. Right. So, but in 2016, I remember um, I was I was worried. I was worried because they had these polls up online. At five o'clock in the afternoon, Hillary Clinton was ahead, and it um it it was so-called polls that you could believe, trust in. They were online by five o'clock, and if you hear President Trump talk, talk about it, he was watching the same polls that I was watching. So, him and his camp was worried too. But a funny thing happened on the way to the farm. If y'all remember that movie, uh, around six thirty, the polls were removed from the website. Hmm. You couldn't click on them anymore. You couldn't refresh or anymore. It's like, what happened to the poll? The next thing you know, things are things are changing, and Donald Trump start winning stuff. But the states that were in question that night, Pennsylvania started it off. Any other election, Pennsylvania was fast. Pennsylvania had their votes in by ten o'clock. They were going to sleep. Not in 2016. Pennsylvania, Virginia, Georgia, Arizona. Um, I think it was uh, Wisconsin was in there too. They they had little issues in 2016. That's why that's why they didn't call a race until um, 1123, 1124 that night uh, when the West. Um, because I remember it because I was counting votes. I was like, wait a minute, he did it. He he did it. 
Gosh, I remember it too. My one of my, <laughs> we, I, I, there was a lot of bourbon drank that night. Um, ah, I, I, I remember that night. Um, it was painful <laughs> and it was great all at the same time. So yeah, good because yep. we think of all that's changed since then. A lot of it sounds bad, but the good news is, is everyone has been exposed. Uh, a lot of people have been exposed, and people are starting to see just how broken things really are. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> speaking of broken, let's let's one. I, your, your time is valuable. Let's do one last thing here before we let you go. And I want to hear uh, uh, about your show and tell people where to watch it. But you had Marjorie Taylor Greene, who, if I'm being honest, has disappointed me on a lot of things as of late. She's she's also had some wins as of late too. So I'm kind of confused on how I feel. Uh, confusion is not a, a different or weird thing for me. It's it's actually pretty yeah. common. Um, but she introduced a bill to censure Rashida Tlaib, uh, who is yeah. the slut terrorist out of Michigan, uh, for yeah. all of her anti-American behavior. And uh, those yeah. are my words, not Wayne's. Blatant anti-Semitism. Here's the clip, and then we'll discuss. Mr. Speaker, pursuant to Clause 2A1 of Rule 9, I seek recognition to give notice of my intent to raise a question of the privileges of the House The form of the resolution is as follows. A resolution censuring Representative Rashida Tlaib for anti-Semitic activity, sympathizing with terrorist organizations and leading an insurrection at the United States Capitol complex. Whereas in May 2019, Rashida Tlaib said that she celebrated the Holocaust and felt a calming feeling when thinking about the genocide of millions of Jews. Whereas in 2020, Rashida Tlaib retweeted an illustration with the caption, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And this Palestine Liberation Organization PLO slogan so from the river, to, I mean, lots of damning stuff there from the river to the sea, obviously, in the context of how Palestinians say it, uh, it's it's annihilation of, of Israel oh, and elimination it, of the state. Do, do you, so I, I respect this. Rashida Tlaib is batshit crazy. All the Hamas yeah. caucus members are. But she, I mean, she's like yeah. particularly like uh, you seriously need some help uh, from an outside person who's not a doctor. But I've seen a lot of doctors. Um, do you think this goes anywhere? Nope. And I'll tell you why. She knows it's not going to go anywhere. But she's doing it so that she can go back to her Georgiaites and say, listen, I brought this here. Nobody right. nobody um, was for, I, you know, I'm standing up for the country. I, I mean, I peeped her game a long time ago. And um, it's more, and plus she also came out today and said that the reason why she's doing this is because, uh uh, Rashida Tlaib voted to censure her. Um, and then she caught a, another Republican from Utah, a young lady who, I I don't even know the woman's name, Miller, is that, whatever, and said that um, uh, her thing was that uh, I'm, I don't really feel right about doing that right now. And she was like, and she voted to censure me too. I was like, oh man, this jealousy thing is 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 is. I mean, I understand I understand what she is saying because it's true. Everything right. that she's saying is true. However, she just doesn't have the support to do it. Now it's different when you have the support. You get up there, stand on your head and spit fire, and everybody is seated and and that's how you know she doesn't have the support. 
she brought it. There's nobody in there sitting down. There's nobody in there to 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 really back her. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, okay, she's doing it. So she can say for, she did it. For for herself. So she can go back to Georgia and say, look, it's, I'm on video. I did that. And nobody wanted to come along with me. You know, we need to change the Republican Party. Yeah, but yeah, but guess what? You you're part of that too now. Yeah. We saw what you did with McCarthy. Right. I look and and Drew, I look. I know there are some people, social media is so fickle. There, I mean, if she can say Trump for about a week and a half, and then she'll be in the good graces of a lot of people that's on Twitter right now, okay? Not me. I saw what you did with McCarthy. I saw what you did to Matt Gates. I saw what you did to Lauren Boebert, probably because she's hotter than you. I saw a whole lot of different things of what you did. You you called out uh, um, the... Uh, <laughs> you called out the... Uh, the, um, the the caucus, and then you wouldn't take their phone call when they try to kick you out. You wouldn't take it, and then you say, "Well, I I I didn't know. We well, we know you didn't know because you weren't you didn't pick up the phone, right? You know. So I mean, it's and it's such a show game. It's such a show game up there. So bottom line, real quick, just get rid of the whole thing. Shut it down. Shut the federal government down for about. Two years, send everybody back to the states, and say, and and show them this is why you become a representative. Because that's one thing too; they're not leaders. No, these people are not leaders. They're representatives, and they're supposed to be representing them, representing their district. They get up there and say, "We're here for the American people, and we're here to fix the country." First thing you need to fix is your district, because that's who voted for you to fix things first. Right. Get that straight, and then you can talk about running for president to fix the whole country. But you know, this is well, we're, we're here to change the course of the nation and stuff. No, you're not. Yeah. You're there to get more water for your state. You're there to get more stuff built in your state to make your uh, infrastructure and schools and different things like that. That's why nothing's fixed. Right. That's why nothing's fixed. All all that money is filtering through the Kennedy Center. Yeah. No, you're right. It's it's so true. It's become a career, not not a civil duty, not something that there we go. Re- representing people. It's become a career, and they do these things. And, and even the ones who and, and we pick on our MTG a lot. She won't talk to actually. She won't talk to most of the network now um, because of some. But like that's a different story. But like the, you, you know, talk we, to me. We 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 pick on on people like her and call them out too. because it's like, hey man, here's the deal. We can see what you're doing. You can't. And, and that's right. what's so frustrating is you'll hear some people say something and introduce a bill and it's so excited. It's like, oh my gosh, we need that. Mm-hmm. But but nine times out of 10, it's being done for the wrong reasons. Right. And, right. and, and it's and not going to go anywhere. So it's, it's like, not going to go anywhere. So so right. what, what is really the point? You get And then you get people spun up too. And then that hurts our, our, our party even more exactly. whatever. We don't really exactly. have a party, but it hurts our conservative movement even more because people are, and she's a perfect example. You you go after yep. MTG and it's like oh you're an idiot. It's like no, actually you're just super emotionally charged. You're not paying That's attention it. to how things really work, go. and and you, you should be able to pick on everyone. We pick on Trump too. We love Trump. We pick on him exactly. too. I, we yep. pick on everybody. Yep. It's just yep. how we, it goes. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, right. no, and and right. and and you guys do too, Wayne. And that's that's a perfect segue to this, and then we'll we'll let you get on with your your night. Um, they do. Wayne does a great job, uh, has for a long time, of of just laying it out straight, picks on everyone, tells you what he thinks, 
Um, yeah. And it's it's great. He's got Jason. He's got Butch. He's got great people on there. Obviously, a lot of you know it's it's on live noon on all of Wayne's social channels. It's on live on RVM Network. If you don't know that, then something is wrong. Um, but but what what's kind of your perspective for those who don't watch the show or listen to the show on how would you describe it to the audience? It is old. Well, I'm not going to say old school, but we do things the way that we were taught and the way uh, we don't have checks and balances in Congress anymore. We don't have personal accountability anymore. And that's something that we try to hold on to the Wayne Dupree show. We, we call out both sides because we see, I mean, you have, you have two veterans that, um, that, that have been in war. We didn't go to, to war because of Congress people. We went to, protect the nation. So our first duty is to the American people. And that's what the show is about. Our first duty is to let you know what's happening, what's going on, and without prejudice. Without I mean, look, I don't I, I don't care I don't care about those people in DC. We, we don't care about the people in DC. They aren't there for us. And I, sooner or later we're gonna have to get a, a second party because that party that's in DC, you ain't invited to. We're, none of us are invited to it. So I mean, it's like when you when you look at uh, when you look at them, and you look at other podcasts out there because other podcasts also outside of this network. Uh, and please check out the shows on this network because they're different, but they keep you motivated and informed and educated. There's a whole lot of people that got podcasts out there that shouldn't have podcasts. They're they're out there and they're regurgitating the same thing, and uh, it's almost like a cabin fever type of thing because you hear the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. You're going to get pissed off and mad because nobody's giving you solutions. We're, we're giving solutions. Now, will they work? Probably not because, uh, because of who's up there. Cause uh, like I said, the federal government should be shut down. Shut them down. They don't know how to run it. Yeah. They don't know how to pass a budget. And I, and I totally agree with Drew. They don't know how to read. Yeah. None of them. You could go out to Maxine Waters. I want to talk to you about the 62nd Amendment. No, the 62nd? Yeah, th that's a good one that was written. And, um, girl, but girl, get out of my face. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. don't know how to read. They don't know about the law uh, because they're always trying to come up with new laws and whatnot. But guess what? The laws have already been written. You just need to enforce them. Yeah, so and they work. That, so yeah. that's what we talk about on this show. We broadcast on Red Voice Media uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday between 12 and 1.30 p.m. is the standard time. You can check it out on their on, on the website at um, RBN News uh, and, and, and also check out their Rumble channel. Click on the um, subscribe button. Click on the follow button. Raise, raise awareness to what this network is doing. And guess what? You can watch this network on regular TV. Yeah. On regular TV, you don't even have to watch it on a computer anymore. You just download us on, on the um, on the uh, on the um, and, yeah, yeah, streaming and yeah. Apple and Amazon. and Fire Stick. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, y'all. I mean, no, don't it's go pretty out awesome. And say, it's yeah. it, it is great, man, and I appreciate you saying that too about the network because you know we're all all of us like hosts, people behind the scenes trying really damn hard to do something special here, and it takes special people yeah. like yourself, and it takes different-minded people to do it and it takes the right audience who's willing to to do it so i i love it i appreciate 
all that you guys do, all that you do with your show, um, I, I, we're, we're just pumped about it. We're excited about where everything's going. We're so thankful for you taking time to hang out with our crazy-ass crew oh, tonight. Yeah. Uh, yep. where, but real quick, too, where's the best place to follow you? I mean, I'm sure they do. Your following's, like, massive. But where's the best place to follow Wayne Dupree? I don't know. Just, just th- throw up a nap and just type in Wayne Dupree show. Um I, I guess I guess the I guess the best place really to follow me. I'm suppressed on all of them, um, Drew. I don't know. I mean, uh, Red Voice Media. Just follow us over there at Red Voice <laughs> Media, the website. You know, what I mean, that's the, the only place you can suppress. I love it. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you, uh, friend, for coming by. We really do appreciate it. Hope you have an awesome rest of the night. We will do this again for sure. We got to get you down to the studio. Uh, yeah, I got to come down here, man. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I want to spend some time with the professor. Where, where is the professor? He's right I mean, here. I, 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 yeah, I'm right here. There he is. There, there he is. That, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, yeah. when, you know, when I when when I was talking to Wayne a couple weeks back, I was, hey man, can you can you um please do us the honor of coming on the show and spending some time with us. He was like, is the professor going to be there? I'm like, he's here every day. We've always, we've always yeah. got some crazy. We've always got random ass food and snacks everywhere. And you never know what's oh, going to well, come hell, out. I really got to come down here now. Oh, you do. I and really we got a full bar. Here. We have snacks and food all the time. It's, it's the place to be. It's, it really is. It's true. Are you wrong? I, man, I should have been down there a long time ago. It, <laughs> well, we'll figure it out. You know, here's the deal. Soon it's going to be bitter-ass cold where you are, and it's yeah. not going to be that bad down here. So we'll we'll fly you down, and we'll get you down here. Boom, let's do it. And, but, and as a matter of fact, if you have a little grill outside, I'll, I'll cook something up for you. Oh, okay. I know you will. Um, and we do have a grill. We do. Let's. We, you deal. know what? This plan just all got so much better. It's making even more sense now. Uh, Wayne, have an awesome night, man. Let's just pick a date. All right. Yes, we will. Uh, we'll pick a date, uh, but we've also got okay. to get to a break. So, Wayne, thanks for being here, man. Have an awesome night. It was so good uh, to have you. I know the audience and everyone enjoyed it. We certainly did, and we'll look forward to uh, seeing you again here real soon. Awesome. God Take bless. Care. All right, folks, make sure you're following Wayne. Again, 12 noon to 1.30 Eastern each and every day. Well, Monday through Thursday, like like the lion's share of the shows that are happening on the RVM network. Um, check it out. Barb says, good answer, Wayne, on where to follow. <laughs> that was that was a good answer. Um, so do, do that. Check him out. You can search Wayne Dupree, D-U-P-R-E-E, on all the platforms. A lot of you probably follow him already, but go do it. Give him a follow. Make sure you are subscribed to the RVM Rumble page. Make sure you're subscribed to his his pages as well, because everyone look, here's the deal. It, some people are like, why do you have multiple, you know, show hosts have their page and it goes to the network? Well, we want the good for our sponsors um, to have multiple views. And there's also days where stuff just doesn't happen. You know, tech is a bitch. So sometimes something <laughs> breaks and it's like, well, it can't go out on this platform, but it can go out over here. So so follow all the hosts, Wayne in particular, uh, since he just was on tonight and make sure that you're you're kind of doubled up so you have a chance to to make sure you've always got an episode coming your way we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk about cornell threats coming in there we're going to talk about mike johnson and possible impeachment we're going to do a quick recap from the weekend there's still tons to get to so please stay with us refill your drinks get seconds on dinner if that's what you're doing right now and we'll be right back
Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled, it won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared, this may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. My towels solve the problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com Get more of Drew, the crew, and this is my show with Coin Club, exclusively on the RVM Network. Coin Club members get a This Is My Show challenge point. Access to Booze and Banter, an exclusive tailgate show for Coin Club members only, right before This Is My Show. Plus, automatic entry into show-related sweepstakes and other in-studio bonuses. And don't forget, members get access to all other premium content on the RVM Network. So join the club and carry your coin with pride. All members now receive commemorative challenge coins. Military and first responders get 30% off their memberships. So sign up at dbcoinclub.com. Again, that's dbcoinclub.com. Yes, sir. The usual. The usual. Scripts. Thank you, sir. Thank you. folks welcome back let's get into some final stuff here should we it was great having wayne on great guy good friend known him for a long long time and appreciate him taking the time to be with us tonight appreciate you guys taking the time to be with us as well please hit that like button 
if you have not already, whichever platform you're on, it goes a long way. It goes a long way to bringing up relevance uh, in the algorithm for, for Rumble, for, for all the different platforms that we're on. So please just do it. Um, I know it's a simple little thing, but it, it goes a long way. So we've seen all these protests. We talked about them um, overseas, at home, New York, all, you name it. There's pretty much not they're a, everywhere. Everywhere. I've never seen anything like this before. And, and as we talked about earlier, Tom, they're getting violent. They're getting violent and they're getting bigger. Yeah. <laughs> None of which should give anyone those holly jolly kind of feelings it's everybody's right to get out there and protest which yeah. i'm with you on the whole protesting thing i i'm not a protester gay <laughs> it's just not it's just not cool man don't i i don't like you know everybody having the same sign or the same shirt i'm very much like kramer when he didn't want to wear the eighth ribbon. <laughs> oh yeah well we get it on the style front we 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 know it but no you i mean you're right i mean it's just it just is what it is but but you, you're seeing it go to new levels. There was Chicago where it got super violent. There's other places where it's gotten violent. And you look at the, the students who are involved in this, and, and you have Cornell University, who literally law enforcement and federal agents had to be called to the, the frickin' scene because you had all of these threats that were being posted around campus towards Jews it, it, in support of this. We've got a couple of them. And let's just let's just pop some of them up, Disco. If you can kind of like freeze frame on the different threats, we'll we'll read them. Breaking. So here's the first one: Jewish people need to be killed. If uh, it's all blurry, if you're a Jewish person on campus, if you if you see a Jewish person on campus, follow them home and slit their throats. Rats need to be eliminated from Cornell. So there's the first one. And, you know, we're not sure if it's a student or a faculty member because it just as easily could be a professor there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's the next one. Eliminate Jewish living from Cornell campus. The Jewish house on Cornell, yet another literal and, uh, and symbolic form of... I can't... Is it apartheid? It's hard because it's like the line, that blurry line that they're doing for effect yeah, on their ghost. apartheid goes and genocide on campus. It stands on land forcibly stolen from native people who had their identity erased. It enforces strict dietary and religious customs. In my opinion, it should be torn down and the illegal settlers relocated, period. Thank you. At least they have a kind What about finish. the rest of the buildings in your fucking college? Right. <laughs> if, if you're going to go by that same thought process and mentality that means the whole entire university needs to go right and also too let's talk about you know the dietary restrictions okay tell me about the um you know what what kind of um uh, dietary needs the muslim students get there yeah tell me about the dietary needs that the catholic students get you're not going to tell me that at this day and age that some kind of fish isn't served on fridays in in these restaurants to make sure or in the cafeterias to make sure the catholic students have you know seafood right it's or the or the indian students or the indian students right i mean this goes so many ways but here's the next one. Here's going to shoot up 104 West, which I presume is one of the buildings there. Um, Allahu Akbar, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Glory to Hamas, liberation by any means necessary. 
Seems like a um, posted by Kill Jews. That's literally the profile name. And then the last one, uh, Israel deserved October 7th, the day that that happened. The genocidal fascist Zionist regime will be destroyed. Rape and kill all Jew women before they birth more Jewish Hitler's Jews are extra excrement on the face of the earth. No Jew civilian is innocent of genocide. Posted by Hamas warrior. I, I mean, I honestly... Go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. I, I just want to dissect this one a little bit. <laughs> Let's see, especially the line, before they birth more Jewish Hitler. Yes, no, that one has to be addressed. <laughs> I. What is being taught at this school? And it, the whole thing to me, now, so are we saying that Hitler is Jewish now? <laughs> right. And he was some sort of self-loathing Jew that, you know, he didn't like Seder meals, so he decided to get rid of everybody. This doesn't make any sense. And it goes back to the left always wanting to rewrite history. And this is the weirdest re rewriting of history and trying to to, to take, you know, the ultimate, you know, squared peg getting it into a round round hole. It's just it's not working. It's not at all. I noticed that because there, this that person, whether they're real or, you know, whatever the case is going on there, we can talk about that in a second. Is <clears throat> there? That's not the only person who's referenced this. Like they're connecting the the, the Jews and what Israel's doing to hum, to Gaza with Hitler, and they're like, I mean, there's so many, there's so many things I've seen with that. It's like, are you guys kidding me right now? Like, is that really the the line of thinking you're going with? I never thought the Hitler comparison would get as absurd as it did when Trump was president. You know, right? He's literally Hitler. And it's like, no, he's not. And now it's like, you know, this oppressive regime in Israel are a bunch of little Hitlers. What? <laughs> they love they love marching out the Hitler. Yeah. And, and, you know, everybody's a Nazi. <laughs> and it's like what they don't realize, and we've been saying this for years, that's them, man. They're on the side of genocide. You're, that, you're Hitler, Mao, Stalin, Pol Pot, Castro. You're all these motherfuckers. You're, you are the, the tyranny of mankind. That's, that's the side that you're throwing in on. Yeah. You are, are the pure evil walking this earth for you to tweet something like that, and that's the side that you throw in with. And you know what? You're an enemy of mine, and I congratulate you. I just wish I knew who, you know, said this so I could put, you know, a face with what they're saying. I love all of this. I love all this fucking, this horrific, you know, anti-Semitic rhetoric that's coming out because now the masks are off, and we can totally see who the good guys and the bad guys are, and this is good versus evil right now. This yeah. is not, you're, you're, you're seeing it. The line, the line has been drawn. You're either on the good side or you're on the evil side. Period. Disco. I was just going to say the the comparison to Hitler and Trump is not just someone said it a few years ago. I had a conversation with someone three days ago where they're like, Hit, you know, Trump is just like Hitler. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Trump has never called for the genocide of innocent people. And they're like, no, he's totally like that. I'm like, all right, calm down. You've got to calm down. But they just. They don't see it that way. They someone said it, so they're going to regurgitate it, and they believe it. They don't see anything. Well, this, but but uh, yes, and 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 Tom, you're so right. And this is like the conversation we had with Bobby the other day. Bobby Rock from Outkick.com. Uh, th this is good. It's awful. It's it's horrible and vile to see the thoughts that are in these six sadistic bitches' heads. 
but it's good because you know who they are. And you know, everyone's been talking about forever and a day how corrupt, not just us, how corrupt and backwards and, and, and socialist, communist these, these, uh, these colleges and, and universities have become. And it's, it's proof positive, man. Look around. Look at their protests. Look at the things they say online. Look at the things they say in the chat forums at their school. Look at the things they say on Twitter. Look at all these things. It's like that's what's being poured into them. That it's it's it, there, we don't have to like pretend that it's happening anymore. It, we've known that it's not pretend. We've known it's been a very real thing for a while. But it's clear as day. The evidence is out there all the time. The question is, is now where does it go? And that's that's a concerning question. And everyone should be concerned about it. Yes, they're all mouth breathers who are tough behind a computer and and have nipple rings and all sorts of stuff and pink hair. That's the guys. What the girls do, I don't know. But like. But there's a lot of them, and they have the other side. It's not that they're they're t- so. It, 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 where we go with all of this is is tricky. But where it goes with Cornell, real quick, just to button that up, you had law enforcement called in. The FBI got called in. I have no faith in the FBI finding anybody. No, I don't either. Jill Jill said the FBI needs to to be doing some arrests here and doing some. Absolutely, they should. These are concerning things. You you you're not you're not allowed to make threats to people. That is against the law. Well, you, but, you're good. Well, no, I was just going to say, but they're going to look into these posts with the same level of aggressiveness that they did with the January 6th pipe bomber. January 5th, if we're being le- uh, technical. Yeah, they're just going to gloss over it. Oh, well, there's nothing here. You know, there were the whoever was using these posts, it was a VPN. It was probably from a you know Macedonian bot farm, yeah. and that's the end of it. They were just trolls. It, it, it's not going to lead to anything, but if you have you know a rope pull on your garage we're sending 18 agents down there to investigate <laughs> right this doesn't fit the narrative you know the the left is is the the our intel community and our law federal law enforcement is, is just an extension is the enforcement arm of the marxists sure they're good agents in there but they they all have somebody that they answer to, and we've seen it with the IRS, we've seen it with the, the FBI. The higher ups squash everything. Yeah. They might find out that this was a professor or you know a teacher is assistant. They're not going to do anything no. because it doesn't fit the narrative. No, I mean yeah, look at the, look at the Biden stuff. Forty informants, lots of information passed back, squashed. Yeah, we're not going to touch that. Right. Yeah. And it's like, what's the point with all of this? I know that sounds very cynical, but it's just like, but it's true. Yeah. It's like you're just pissing into the wind at this point. Yeah. Well, speaking of Biden, kind of last. Well, that's not true. I was going to say kind of the last serious thing we're going to touch on today. But you have new speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, who sat down with conservative carnival barker and snake oil salesman Sean Hannity. And Sean asked the speaker about impeachment proceedings against Biden. Here was the clip. Joe Biden swore to the American people both as a candidate and as president. Not not one time did he ever speak to his son, his brother, or anybody for that matter about their foreign business dealings. We know that is a flat-out lie. We've learned from James Comer and his investigation that we are talking about tens of millions of dollars taken in from a lot of adversarial countries, some of our top geopolitical foes like 
China, yeah. Russia, uh, Ukraine, uh, Romania, Mexico, other countries, tens of millions. They've discovered all of these um, shell corporations. They've discovered nine particular Biden family members have been paid. And then you have the issue of Joe on tape admitting that he used our money, taxpayer money, to leverage a billion dollars in loan guarantees, which was Obama administration policy to fire a prosecutor investigating his son. Well, one of the benefits of that, his son continued to get paid for a job he admits he had no experience in at a time where he was dealing with a drug problem. That sound, that's that a, sound like to you? That's a pretty good recitation of the facts. And as John Adams said, facts are stubborn things. They're hard to ignore. Uh, I, I believe uh, the documents are proving all that. As, as my good brother Jamie Comer often says, the bank records don't lie. So we have the receipts on so much of this now. It's a real problem. That's the reason that we shifted into the impeachment inquiry stage on the president himself. Because if, if in fact, all the evidence leads to where we believe it will, that's very likely impeachable offenses. You know, that's listed as a cause for impeachment in the Constitution. You know, bribery and, and uh, other high crimes and misdemeanors. Bribery is listed there, and, and uh, it looks and smells a lot like that. And I think the evidence, we're going to follow the truth where it leads. We're going to engage in due process because, again, we're the rule of law party. I know people are getting anxious and they're, they're getting restless and they just want somebody to be impeached. But that's not, we don't do that like the other team. We have to, we have to base it upon the evidence. And the evidence is coming together. We'll see where it leads. Let me go back. All right, so he look, he's he's a well-spoken dude. He's kind of a traditional American, handsome fella, just you know, probably a sweater vest guy for being honest. And I don't ha I don't have a problem with that. I'm not judging it. No. But the whole idea of impeachment is ridiculous. Biden is as guilty as Joy Behar standing naked in front of the mirror and crying about her sagging body. The lovely visual. Is that <laughs> we got disco disco's not in studio we don't get his in studio laugh but uh i'm sorry i had to unmute myself for that that was fantastic but, but i mean republicans would be lucky to get all the gop votes in the house and and we know that's true because joe's part of the joe's been a part of this system for 50 years y'all and what does the system do you know the answer they take care of their own there's no more justice or fairness in America in a relatively reasonable world. We don't have to be like super reasonable, just relatively reasonable world. We wouldn't see a lot of the stuff happening with Trump. We wouldn't see the stuff happening with, with the election, with J6, with so many other things that have happened. And we're not even going to go down this path. We wouldn't see uh, everything that's been presented on the Biden family just get tossed aside. Same thing with Hillary. Same thing with the list goes on and on. It's not just even the most recent stuff. It, but that's how it goes. And, and, and that's why there is. It's clear as day. There's just no justice. The system that was designed, Wayne talked about this earlier, just go pass the law or just go follow and enforce the current laws. We've got some, some, some points of failure for sure. But our system is actually really good if you follow it. The problem is, is we have not followed it forever. Like for a long ass time. Well, since the Civil War. Civil War, as Tom, as Tom would say. the Constitution, yeah. Yeah, so the system is there if you would do it. And, and the same ones who, are, who don't follow it are like, well, that system's outdated. Hey, motherfucker, you haven't been following the system at any point. You can't say it's outdated. We need to change it. You just totally blew it off a long time ago. Yeah. We've got a bunch of Spicolis running the freaking 
government up there. Um, I, I'm sorry. I just can't stop seeing joy in my head standing for the mirror going, oh, no. Well, take that visual to bed. <laughs> Disco, honey, why can't you sleep? I'm sorry. I'm picturing I'm Jimmy Bear <laughs> naked. Crying. Uh, in front it's going to happen tonight. I know it for a fact. It's gonna be at least tough. you're talking about another woman naked and it's in just it's like in a state of emergency <laughs> yep well sean hannity is the conservative version of john fetterman without the head injury because he just he always tries to come across as a man of the people you know I hate getting dressed up, but I have to wear a jacket and a tie for. But I wear jeans. I'm a jeans guy, and they cut to the two shot, and he's wearing jeans. It's like, bro, God, you're just, you're so cringe at this point. There was a point where you know that you, you know, had to scrap together to get to where you are. You know, he always talks about, you know, I was, you know, hanging wallpaper and this and that and everything. Okay, that's fine. But you're a multimillionaire now, you know. So not let's not play this game. Let's not be a LARPer of every man like John Fetterman portrays. Right. It's just, it's not, I don't know. It's just kind of unseemly to me, but I, that that's my, I'm done with picking on Sean. Well, I'm glad you brought up Fetterman though, because now we get to pick on him. Okay. <laughs> because we, we all got tried this word treat actually plays into this. We all got treated to a great little video this weekend. Uh, he was on the Hill of course in a hoodie and said this line right here just think about what he says and who is saying it go it's thank you for all being here today uh, experts and it's always a treat to be here when i'm able to talk to people much smarter than i am <laughs> dude isn't that this thing is much smarter than he is <laughs> how long has that been here a while yeah that's fun i didn't People know much i would sit there, I I sit there and play with that now uh i mean w what a remarkable statement that is it's a privilege to be here with someone smarter than me hold up i my my seven-year-old is so much smarter than you was many many years ago that statement is just it's precious i know it really is have you ever volunteered at the special olympics no if you i did when i was a teenager and you know it's a lot of fun but there there's certain there's a certain sort of um genuine authenticity to down syndrome kids because they just come out, they're the sweetest kids, and, the, you know, they don't know about deception and lying and, you know, anything like that. And they're just, they're just genuine. But they'll say things that just coming from the heart and being so genuine that just makes you laugh. And that's what John Fetterman does. Yeah. He's like a special Olympian that is just so sort of sweet and from the heart. And it just, and it comes out and it's like, Come here, little fella. <laughs> you know what? You're going to do okay in the standing broad jump. You'll be fine. Here's the problem with that. I have spent a lot of time with them. We have uh, uh, um, uh, we, we spent a lot of time with special need folks. Um, but <laughs> this particular one <laughs> is making policy decisions <laughs> for the United States of America. I know. I'm not saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that they're very, very sweet and authentic. They people. are. They are. Yeah. I'm telling you. Down syndrome folks, a lot of folks who are on, on different spectrum. Amazing. And I really, I genuinely, and I don't believe this for, for John Fetterman. I genuinely believe it because a lot of people will be like, 
something's wrong with them they're broken it's like no i think actually god probably prefers them and we're the broken ones there's just more of us so we look at it that way but john's in his own category of of special yeah we're not asking him where should we eat dessert at tonight Yes, we're asking him to make decisions for the greater good of our country, of mankind. And, and I'm kind of thinking a Special Olympics basketball team could write better legislation than John Fetterman and Raphael Warnock and whatever committee they're sitting on. Yeah, but I, you, it would be a lot more simplistic. It, it would it would lay everything out. It wouldn't be like all these weird, you know legalese terms and a lot of earmarks thrown in there you know for the bills and everything so i yeah no i think you're probably right it's a low bar but i think you're i think you're probably right we're not done with him though this is going to be really interesting to see how this next clip plays out for him and uh for for democrat politicians writ large the answer is probably it will go nowhere and nothing will change or happen but John Fetterman was escorted somewhere because clearly, I mean, he can't think on his own, but he was taken to a restaurant and somebody comes up to him on his, as he says in the video, if you haven't seen this yet, someone who says, I voted for you. I'm wondering why you're not in support of the ceasefire. Um, Hold on. I'm, I, I, I got to find this clip because I didn't get it earlier. Okay. So this guy comes up. Uh, and I, I don't know where they are. I don't know if they're in D.C. or where where they are, if he's back home. But this guy comes up and is challenging Fetterman, saying, hey, you know, like everyone else is on the left, we need a ceasefire. We need humanitarian aid, and people people are being murdered, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, s- slow your roll. you got to understand that the situation is more complicated than that. But he 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 goes and does it. And if we can't talk about a disco or find a disco, I can always talk about it. But... He, he he goes up and confronts Fetterman, and they're having this conversation. Fetterman doesn't really say anything. You got the side profile shot of Fetterman, who's just kind of staring there. And he's doing this weird thing with his hands. His hands never move. He's just he's frozen with his hands like this the entire time. It's like, bro, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, I don't know what. Everyone in D.C. is really nice and lets my, my problems slide. I don't have to think or, or do anything on my own. Yeah, that's it. Um, so you'll see this. So watch Fetterman, watch his lack of response, but then moreover, watch the, watch the culmination of this and how it all ends. Fire when you're ready, Disco. I'm sorry, this is a democracy. It absolutely is. Yeah, yeah, but kind of, sort of. Why? 10,000 people in Gaza have been killed. Half are children. The Pope's calling for a ceasefire. The UN is called for it. I'm just asking you. You're a good guy. I voted for you. I know you're a nice guy. This is important. You need to leave. Can I give you a phone?
Dude, soy on soy violence. I it love is. It. I mean, that's, soy on soy is the best way to describe that. Um, so he assaulted him. He assaulted him. First and foremost, everyone stop with what assault. I'm so sick of people de- determining what words mean now. It's so ridiculous. That was not assault. That was someone being slightly aggressively removed from a space. Not even aggressive. Just removed from a space you were touched being touched is not assault words are not violence and being slightly touched like that is not actually assault and battery you know people who talk like that like the guy who was you know trying to confront in fetterman and then the guy who was like he assaulted him i keep i hear those voices and i keep thinking to myself that for myself that might be a case to catch if I was ever out in public because I think it would be so worth, you know, the $5,000 fine, the community service, and the time in court to belt somebody like that. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe, but you're on the wrong side, so it would end up being more than it should be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just would go It would go so many poor directions. Um, but, but so obviously a beta at the end so so disturbed that someone was saying mean things and ushering someone away and slightly nudging them um it's assault but you 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 look at the actual event that happened and you have security who's ushering out a dude who's granted a libtard taking the wrong side on this whole situation but he's being ushered out his voice doesn't matter right they're all about your voice matters and equality and all that stuff on their side, even though they hate everyone and want everyone gone. But it's not a good look for the Fetterman team and for John. Does anything come of it, though? No. This goes back to the fact that the left, they hate their voters as much as the Republicans hate theirs. At least with Republicans, there's a contingency of representatives and senators that actually like the base of the Republican Party. The rest of them only like the donor class. But it's even more on the Democrat side. Democrats, they, you know, all these guys, like that guy who, you know, confronted Fetterman, who's the type of guy, you know, that has his own bags that, you know, that he takes to the grocery store to put his stuff in, that recycles all the time, that goes to, you know, where, you know, that doesn't buy leather and that sort of thing, and, you know, and drives a Subaru or a Prius or something, you know, to say that he's down with the cause and, you know, believes in masks and jabs and everything. They're, those people are bought so far into this whole leftism and this democratism that they don't realize that the party hates their guts and they can do all these things to show how much in line they are with the party, but they don't care. And this is a great example of a politician on the left who doesn't care about their voters. And the dude that was like the little mini-me Fetterman dressed as security, it's like, bro, that whole Carhartt baggy short kind of, oh, this is how, you know, normal everyday men dress, it's not. There's a certain population that does, but most men don't dress like that. And you know what? And if you are a security detail, I would never have. If I had a security detail, they wouldn't be dressing like that. They would be dressing like that 
you know, that they meant business. They'd look professional. They would wear, you know, nice clothing and not. There's well, there's a standard that you have for security. Yeah, like and and, and it's not just for dignitaries. There's a standard for it, entertainment business CEOs, whoever. That you, it's not intimidating, and I, you see it a lot. Like you see this, like big fat frumpy people who like look, like like you no, know, you don't hire Job of the Hut to be your security guard. This guy looked like a bouncer at the local titty bar. Yes, that's that's <laughs> that's what it looks like. If you want like actual security that people are going to take serious, they're going to look like they can be security and actually jack you up. And yeah. or and or that dude just looks like he's trained in something. I don't want to fuck around and find out. Right. But that was not that was not but <laughs> what do you expect from Team Fetterman? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Come on, come on. Uh, dude, just last week, that dude that was pushing the guy out the door was, and now taking the stage, Cinnamon, next on deck we have Raven. Don't forget to tip your waitresses, fellas. And the champagne room is open. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and now he's pulling security for Federman. What a world. What a great country we live in. Right? I mean, it is. God bless America. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, folks, hit that like button real quick if you have not already. We're going to get into a couple sportsy things, but also some non-sportsy things. So it's a, we got a mixture of sports, Britney Spears, and United States military coming up here. But we're going to start by playing the This Is My Sports segment bump. Okay. So, good weekend. So, I got to tell a story-ish. Good weekend. You know, some good some good games over the weekend for, for college football. Pro football, there's Lions and Raiders are playing right now as we speak. Um, Florida, Georgia, largest cocktail outdoor cocktail party happens every year in Jacksonville. It's going to be interesting because in a couple of years when the stadium's being redone here for the Jaguars, assuming it gets passed and approved, it's going to be somewhere else, and they're talking about where that's going to be. But Florida-Georgia, big game uh, was this weekend here. Uh, one of my dear friends invited me. It was fun to go. I hadn't been in, in several years, so it was fun to be back there. Georgia Georgia beat them pretty good. Uh, it, by the way, though, Florida had some momentum coming out the gates. It was kind of close. Down. Did you watch it at all? I watched the beginning, like the first two <clears throat> quarters, man, first half. So so Florida goes down, scores. Georgia goes down, scores. Florida gets the ball, and maybe it was a couple – maybe it was two series after that, but um, it was close. It was either 7-7 or 10-7 at that point, Georgia. And Florida is, like, on their own 20 or inside of their own 20 and goes for it in fourth and one. Shitty call. They don't get it. Georgia goes right in and scores. Then kick off to Florida. Florida fumbles. They, they get it. Then, again, something happens, and Florida gets a, it's a safety. And there was a 16-point swing in, <laughs> in short order. It was like, oh, my gosh, you guys were actually doing – and I'm not a Gators fan. Like, you guys were doing okay and seemed like you were going to hang in there at least longer – and then everything just went to shit and, and ran away. But we're hanging out. So it's fun fun environment. You know, college college football is just the best. College environment's the, the best. There's some definitely some poor decision-making that was going on there. Um, but that's kind of what you expect and, and borderline want to see at that point. But we, we go to this pre-party. We had this – I was uh, a part of this nice closed-off party before the game – um was was fun met some great people but we go and we get these 
there's like a taco stand in there too and we get some tacos which were which were delightful um and sipping a drink my buddy's putting some condiments on his tacos and i'm i'm talking about i was going to tell this this story from our trip when we went to uh um charlotte and i was asking my friend i was like hey man did did i tell you this uh this story that happened at, um when i was at a unc game and these and these he didn't i don't even know if he heard me but he didn't answer but this one college kid steps in he was like oh so what was the story what what happened at the unc game like i've never seen this kid before in my life he just jumped into the conversation I was like um it was just a story i was going to tell my friend like i'm not going to tell you uh <laughs> i don't know you i don't know you <laughs> so then my friend is very conversational great guy gets involved starts talking to the two of them there's one that seems like was probably high but also turned out to be the rational one of the two go figure but uh yeah ronnie go dogs um dominant dominant game for them um but this other one so i'm kind of stuck talking to this tall skinny punk ass little bitch college kid i think he's out of college now they had both graduated from unc um but they were recent i mean they're they're that age right they're 23 still still getting pubic hair um I don't think that's the science, but like the, but they, but they were just green as shit. And this one, they somehow, somehow my buddy gets them involved in some conversation and spirals into politics. I'm like, shit, like, I don't want to do this. First of all, I don't want to talk to you guys. It's not that I don't like you. I just don't value your life. Um, but it's like, okay, we're getting stuck in this conversation. And then my buddy gets kind of involved more in the, the conversation with the dude who's kind of interesting, who's actually in journalism. The stoner dude. Stoner dude. And had some really interesting takes. He's kind of like us, doesn't like everyone, um, but, you know, likes Trump on this issue, likes these people on this issue, will pick on this, picks on big government, yada, yada, yada. Doesn't know why he really thinks that, but he's, he's sniffing down the right paths, I would say. He's inquisitive. He's inquisitive. Meanwhile, this other dumb motherfucker that I'm talking to has all the answers. All the answers. I'm telling you, the most smug son of a bitch. I don't, you know, I don't talk about anything. We, we, a bunch of issues pop up, and then it comes down to, hey, Barb, thanks so much. Have a great night. By the way, happy birthday to Colty. Um, but for anyone who's taken off, and we're close. We're close to being done ourselves. But this guy starts talking about. Israel. He's talking about war and stuff like that. It's like, okay, bro. Like, you, well, all right, you're talking to say you don't know this because you don't because you're so fucking into yourself that you don't ask questions about anyone but yourself. But like, I've deployed more times than you are years old, probably almost times two. And a little bit of an enigma because our rotations are different and a little shorter. But like, spend a lot of time over there, yada yada. So he doesn't know. So we're just talking, and he starts talking about the machine and this, that, and the other. And he was not, he was totally liberal. You could tell he's liberal, but he was not totally wrong on some things attacking the government. And then he gets to Israel. He was like, I just can't believe this shit. I just can't believe that everyone's standing by while Israel commits genocide. And I was like, all right, hold up. Like, I hadn't really talked too much. I, most of it was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, taco, beverage. Taco. Don't talk to kids. <laughs> um, taco. But he, they're committing genocide. I was like, well, it's that's not true, and it's not that easy. He's like, yeah, but, like, he starts saying some stuff and talking about the Middle East. I'm like, look, bro, I 
I have spent most of my adult life in the Middle East, so I worked in counterterrorism. I, I, I literally didn't go into much because I don't give people much, and I don't want to waste time talking to people that don't matter. Um, and which sounds so mean, but literally this kid just does. He's God. He was so bad. And so I'm like, I just, I just don't want to. I don't want to get into it. But like, I spent a lot of time over there. Middle East is very complex. Uh, you know, unless you are working in these issues, it's really easy to Monday morning quarterback things from the outside. But I would just caution you to not listen to what you hear from, you know, your friends in college and stuff like that. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I totally get it. Like, I work for a defense contractor now. Like, like, trust me, I know. Like, <laughs> You see, you, you, me and you, bro, we're simpatico. I work for a defense contractor. I, I, I know the lingo that you're laying down, bro. We're, I'm we're the same. We're the same. I, <laughs> he literally, you're, either we're the same or I'm better. And I literally, it was everything in my body to just... Taco? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to be a dick. But I, the attitude, and I, just, I it, it went on for a little bit longer, and I tried to just put him in his place, and they eventually just kind of moved on. Because here's the thing. What I was telling myself, too, is, is don't be rude. He's just a stupid kid. Maybe he gets it down the road. I don't think he will. This other one, I think you will. I think you've got a shot. Good luck. Um, but you see this, and you see the arrogance coming out. And again, he doesn't know. I'm not gonna like like here's my resume. Let me let me show. But it's like, bro, I've deployed almost 40 times to this area, and you probably don't even pay rent yet. Right. But and you work for a defense contracting company, of which there are many, of which. 99.999% don't have significant clearances, don't know anything about what's going on in the world. Doesn't mean they're not doing good work. But that comparison and that just brush off like, dude, I got this. Trust me. Like, they think everyone is so dumb but them. And there's no listening. And his friend would like jump in at points and correct him on stuff. And he wouldn't even take it from his friends. Like, you, I, gosh, it must be amazing to be, I mean, you did it. You're 23, 24, smartest person on the planet. Yeah. Congratulations. You've done it all. But, man, I, I, it was so enlightening and, and, and disappointing all at the same time. It wasn't surprising, but I just, yeah, Ronnie, it makes it does. It makes you want to smack some sense to the kid. I was like, I, the things that I'm thinking about you right now, you don't want to know and you wouldn't get because you haven't actually done anything for real and, and seen stuff. But I, I, it may, it, but at the same time, it pisses me off that it pissed me off because it's like this is a problem that we're facing here, and that's my biggest. I have friends who do it. Oh yeah, I totally get that because I've done similar stuff. Like the fuck you have, like everyone's done different stuff. But like when you try and compare, it's always a recipe for disaster. It just always is. Yeah, you just you, you can't compare people's lives. No. It, it, there, there's nothing similar about you know. What I've done in television was somebody else has done in television, unless we've worked on the same shows together. Yeah. And and even then, you know, you might work a different shift. You might be directing a different show or a different shift or whatever. And it's just, it, it, I hate it when people want to start comparing things and then, you know, trying to do the one-upsman. And I know that sometimes, it, for the longest time, I always tried to, like, downplay what I did for my job because, you know, I've been very fortunate, you know, in, in the front part of my life being able to have all these different experiences. And so... A lot of times when I would go to tell a story, it was a funny story, but the backdrop just happened to be, 
you know, like Muscat, Oman or something or some odd location. But, you know, it always have to do with like, you know, someone pooping their pants or peeing their pants or of something. Course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> but you get into that sort of a situation where you don't want to sound like you're bragging about something. It just happens to be where you are. And inevitably, when you would tell a story like that, somebody would chime in and go, oh, yeah, you know. I've been to Bora Bora. (laughs) Okay, that's great. Yeah, you know, I've I've traveled quite a bit, too. You know, I've been, you know, on cruises down in the Caribbean. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's that that is, you know, that you're right. That is travel. Yes. It it, it required a passport and a plane ticket. Right. But the thing is, you know, it's that whole sort of comparing thing when somebody's telling a story about travel and you're telling a story about a vacation that you took when, right. you know, one is about a job and it's about uh, unless you have a way to connect it. You know, you could be and this is what I've tried to do in talking with somebody because a lot of I've had, you know, like I said, I've been very fortunate in my life and I've had a lot of experiences. And when it comes to like communicating with people, if they're telling a story about, you know, being on a safari in Kenya I, I've also done the same thing. I can weave, the, you know, my own experience with that and then start talking about something and have sort you know, some sort of baseline of a conversation. Right. Instead of trying to do what's perceived as the one-upsman with everybody or trying to say that, you know what, you may have done this, but that's nothing special because I've done the same sort of thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which, which... For, I mean, the one-upsman pisses everyone off, but the other one does that. Because I don't, I mean, now we've gone way off. I don't share my, like, I don't, I don't, not in a mean way, but, like, I don't even, sh- like, share a lot of stories with you guys because, like, I just don't, I just don't talk about stuff. One thing I wanted to touch on when you're talking about the smugness that this Gen Z has. Yeah. Part of it has to do with us and with, with you know, Gen X and above is the fact that we got to the point where we saw a technology shift when, you know, when Gen X or Gen Z was first born. And so they grew up with technology in a way that Gen Xers never really grew up with. And then they developed, you know, a special aptitude for the technology because as their brains were forming, they were forming around technology. So, of course, they, you know, they and in school, they got they were been able to delve into the software and the technology more than we have because now in our adult life you can only do so much between work if your work doesn't involve a computer or working with software you're very limited in knowing what a computer is capable of or an iPad or an iPhone or anything like that so for a lot of parents they're like Oh, my God, my Tristan is so smart. He is so good on the computer. He has to teach me everything. And so we got into a a place as adults where adults were giving their kids credit for being smarter than they actually are just because they had a specific aptitude for technology that the parent didn't develop. Yeah. And so with the kid... In, in, in growing up, of course, you're going to have that smugness and feeling of superiority to your elders because your elders have been telling you your entire life how much smarter you are than they are because yeah. you had a specific aptitude toward technology. Right. And we tell them they're good at sports and yeah. other activities. You're not. You're not. You can't throw a ball. You throw like a girl. Yeah. It, it's just maddening. It's maddening. Don't don't compare. I mean, that's the nice thing. Don't compare. Like, just don't compare. I think you know what you know what he, he started talking about all this stuff and what I ended it on with him before I, I moved on to go get a new drink was 
you know, he 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 um he said something about, you know, it'd be nice if we could just kind of come together. Um, which everything he had said, it's like we can't come together because of people like you. And I was like, yeah, you know, <clears throat> I just I just find it easier to hate everyone. It's good talking with you guys. <laughs> Walked away, <laughs> like. You, you've ruined society. You've ruined society and turned all of us into curmudgeons. Uh, and part of it is our fault, which is enraging, too. Back to sports. Something more happy. Ohio State knocked off Wisconsin. They didn't knock them off. They beat them. They were supposed to. But it was a pretty tight game for a while. 24-10. Ohio State got the win. Kansas, though. That was a shocker. Shocker. 38-33 over number six, Oklahoma. And here's why this is a, I mean, it was a big win, because Oklahoma was positioned if they – and they've got a big game this week. You got Bedlam this week with Oklahoma State, but they're positioned to really legitimately win the Big Twelve and potentially get into the playoff. Like they had a, a solid chance. That loss sets them back big time. It's not completely gone, but it sets them back big time. But here's the interesting thing too: is Kansas used to suck ass at football. All these basketball schools we've talked about a lot. Duke getting better. Duke lost this week, but they didn't have Riley Leonard. But Duke getting better. <clears throat> UNC getting better. UNC Carolina also had a fucking drop too, man. I know, two in a row. Especially the two cup To Virginia and Georgia Tech, yeah. yeah. You can't beat all the teams you beat and then lose to those two. Yeah. But they're getting they're getting better. Kansas having several great years stacked up. Oklahoma and Texas are leaving the Big 12. They're going to the SEC next year. Kansas is positioning themselves to actually be a power player in that conference, which is going to be interesting to see. But you had Oregon who crushed Utah. I was hoping that was going to be a good game. I was trying to keep updates. I was talking. Side point, there was this young couple in front of us at the game inside the stadium who was amazing, cute little thing in a red dress cheering for Georgia. Her boyfriend with a mustache and a cool hat cheering for Florida. Uh, how that works, uh, you know, whatever. They, they got to figure that out. But they were sweet as pie, and they were conservative. The chick carried a 38 special as her concealed carry. Yes. I was like, I love you. Like, yes. not, I'm not trying to take you from her. Like, I just am saying I like you. And they were both awesome, and they both got it. They were politically conservative, loved America, picked on the right things. Just So it, as bad as that one kid was, then sat down, had some beers with those guys, were talking ball with them the whole day, talking world and politics. Um, so there is hope. But I was asking about the score for Oregon and Utah, which I was kind of sad I was missing that game. It turns out it wasn't worth watching because it was 35 to 6. Penn State beat Indiana, but barely, barely. 33 24. Jed Fish's Arizona Wildcats upset number 11, Oregon State. So Oregon State, who's been having a magical year, lost by a field goal. Tennessee beat Kentucky. And then Caleb Williams looked like he was going to lose his third straight game. Them and USC, they eked it out by 1.50 to 49 over Cal of all teams. Uh, that's where they had the uh, pro Hamas. Well, it turns out I almost played that today. It turns out the there were there was a lot of um, community notes and other stuff, so I didn't do it. But it sounds like oh, we got to go. It is time. Oh, to we're go. getting played. We're off. getting played <laughs> off. I was like, oops, Disco played the wrong thing. We're getting played off. It sounds like it was actually for some other thing, and everyone thought it was for that. So. Oh. Um, I wish they would have glued themselves to the grass. That would have been amazing. <laughs> uh, Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles. My year's over. The Vikings are done for the year. That sucks. I will go drink about it now. We hope you have an awesome night. We'll look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. Halloween. Be ready for some outfits. We look forward to seeing that. Be safe. Be smart. Be free.
Biden and his cronies have lost over $3 trillion of America's retirement savings in 2022 alone. With inflation running rampant and the stock market crashing, do you have a